Extra, the first one of 2023. I'm Shane O'Keefe and over the course of 2022 we've conducted, I don't know, 104 scorelines live on KCLR every weekend from 2 to 6. In that time we encompassed 157 live games, published thousands of articles and conducted even more interviews. So today I thought we'd look back on some of the great moments that we experienced in 2022, just like we did on the live show. That's what Scoreline Extra is. It's a podcast that condenses down some of the best moments from Scoreline at the weekend and we'll continue that as well in 2023. We'll also have a bit of looking forward to do as the draw for the KCLR McCama Cup was made live on air and I was joined in studio by Chairperson Rob Hickton and PRO Stevie Cal and we drew 27 teams out of a hat to figure out who's going to play who. Full details on that are on scoreline.ie right now or you could just wait and listen to it at the very end of this podcast. But we're going to start things off with the voice of sport pretty much here on KCLR and that doesn't take a lot for me to say considering I do eight hours of sport every weekend and I'm on during the week but I know the hierarchy in here. I know this man is truly the voice of sport here on KCLR. None other than the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Brendan Hennessy as he looks back on some of his top moments from 2022. New year to you. You'll be bringing in the new year. What for about nine o'clock tonight? Is it? Yeah, I'm at a nine tonight. Nine under one, obviously, because we need to bring it in at twelve. And the late great Johnny has done it for uh, in the history of local radio on Kilkenny Carlo. So it's uh, sadly Johnny is gone, and uh, I've been filling in for the last few years. And, Kind of gone stationary there now, and uh, it's my first night to do it, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be uh, kind of a, a bittersweet night, as as you mentioned yeah. as well. But yeah. uh, I remember yeah. handing over to Johnny for years. Uh, was yeah. I? I'd be in from ten to twelve, and then I'd bring in the new year with Johnny. But uh, looking forward to hearing what you have in store, Brendan. And that's looking ahead. Let's look back. You have been the voice of sport now, KCLR, is since its inception, nearly since its inception. And yeah, you've seen no, many no. great sport moments. We've heard the Carlo and Kildare Leinster game where you and Willie went absolutely balubas. But looking back on 2022 in particular, have there been any particular moments to you that have stood out? Um, I, to be honest, I always find it hard to pick out moments, Shane, because I'd be involved in so much and everything I do, I would give it 100%. And I yeah. think one game has been as important as the other. And they don't always have to be finals. Uh, I think, looking back, the Moon Kine victory at the start of the year against Bally Gibbon, I thought it was an outstanding game of hurling. I thought it was a fantastic uh, win. I think the members have to won it by a point. Um, I thought Carlo's win and the Joe McDonough against Offaly, they played some of their best hurling in years against Offaly. I think they finished up in Tullamore, 22 points to 17. Even had a good chat with Michael Fenley after that. Michael was manager of the Offaly team that day, and he was very, very impressed with Carlo on the day. I thought they were fantastic. And just more recently, there are three that I could pick from the year while Shamrock's victory over Ballygunner. I thought it was a cracking game. The, the sad thing about it, it was played in front of, if you say no one, someone will text them and say, that's unfair. I know, you know what I mean compared to what it'd be in Croke Park. It was, up, it was up against the World Cup final. And I thought that in itself was a brilliant match, but I thought the disappointing angle of it was, which I said to you on the day, that here we have the two best teams in the country and people Christmas week were expected to take their pick. We're going to sit down and watch the television. We the missus going to be Christmas shopping. What's going to happen? And we all know what happened there. You know, Messi was on the telly and it's a world sport and the two best teams in the country, it kind of was an insult to the competition I thought by going ahead and I thought it was an insult to the teams even though we were told that both clubs agreed to it and this that was according to Joey on our interview, the players weren't consulted. So, you know, you can take what you can out of that. That was my big disappointment in that. As a game of hurling, we'll forget about all the politics. 
in the World Cup and all as a game of hurling I thought was an absolute cracker and I thought Shamrocks were fantastic on the day and Ballygunner have been fantastic All-Ireland champions also I will go back into your first pick there and we'll kind of pick apart those three moments because I do have stuff lined up from those moments. But speaking of Moonkind and Ballygiblin, that was our, like our first kind of success of the year uh, in form of the Junior Championship. Uh, five years on then from their All-Ireland defeat to Mayfield, Moonkind finally burying that kind of half decade of hurt and regret as they got the better of Ballygiblin. It was an entertaining All-Ireland final. As you said, it was only a point in it between the two sides. So we're going to listen back to a moment from that just to rejog your memory memory and rejog all of our memories here at KCLR. Here's the sideline cut, it's an oh, absolute massive oh, what a score! What a score from the wing halfback man, Donnell! Joe Canning, TJ Reeve, Dermot Byrne, Mouse Cavani, your heart out, this man has nailed it! Marching O'Neill, what a strike, here come Bally Giblin, they're sending it back in field, and that's a point for them! Too late! Too late is it, 22 points to 20 here in Croke Park! 22-21 now. One point between them. I was going to say, well, they have a chance. They've nailed it. You think so, Mike? Yeah, Ball comes out the field. It's hard break for Bally Giblin. But what a day for Moonkine. Defeated in 2017 by Mayfield. The Bally Giblin team are on their knees. They've given this one hell of a shot. But Moonkine, the Rose of Moonkine has been played here many times before. It will be played here today. The Rosamund Kine will be played here many times before, but it'll be played here today. Did you have that one in your back locker? No, I didn't, but it's always played when Kilkenny win the All-Ireland. And the funny thing about it is my father, my father sings it at every occasion we have. It's our family song. <laughs> I said to myself, this will get a fair belt of it tonight. Let it be in Moonkine or anywhere in Kilkenny. But that in itself, I think Martin's sideline course was, you know, you had to be there to see. We were actually right above where he was striking the ball. He had a bit to do with it. And I'll tell you one thing. He'll never hit a ball as well again. It was an absolute cracker. And as far as the Bally Giblin, they came back down. And Michael, as Michael is, too late. He calls it fairly right. Uh, I thought it was 22 to 21, but it was 22 to 118. Yeah, and I got, you know, at that heat of the moment, Shane, you get, you start, you have to be a mathematician, like a dart player as well. You said, yes, what's on the score of the year? So, uh, no, I think Martin absolutely nailed that. It was a terrific match. Moonkind were terrific on the day. It was terrific. And Bally Giblin could have done it, but in fairness to Moonkind, they took it out. They were fantastic. Yeah, it was it was just a, a a great moment here to kind of bring in the first success of the the new year um in twenty twenty two. Now looking back then on another moment that you picked out, you picked out Offaly and Carlo. Now that wasn't yeah. a, a particularly successful. Uh, and it was kind of harping back to the point that you made. They don't all have to be finals to be able to have a good moments. No. Now, Carlo, uh, we're going up against Offaly. They came away five-point winners. Uh, I know Paul Cody said it was kind of a bittersweet mixed feeling on it because they were waiting on the result in the Antrim and Kerry game. But looking back at, say, the Joe Mack, before we delve into the Offaly game, you know, there was that uh, big win over Meath in round one. They ended up losing down to Kerry, which was, uh, was, was a bitter, kind of left a sour taste in a lot of Hurling supporters' mouth after that. It was kind of tight in the first half and then it just seemed to open up in, in, in Kerry's favour then the one one score loss to Antrim coming away then with a good victory against Down and then crescendoing against, with that victory against Offaly as well from a whole perspective are, were you quite pleased with the, the Joe Mack and that's why the Offaly moment kind of gets in your top three yeah, it, it, see, apart from the match on the day, Shane, Kerry were in Corrigan Park in Belfast yeah. and Joe Dooley former Offaly player was in the press box next to us and I was talking to Joe on and off the, the field, and Joe was, <laughs> Joe was of the opinion that if it comes down to the wire in Antrim, that the Antrim lads won't uh, do Carlo any favours. Now that they know Carlo, five points up. And that, that happens in games, because 
I, one, for one, I could say that Antrim no way wanted to face Carlo again in the Joe Mac. So when they heard Carlo were five points up, they were going to designate which way that game was going to go on Antrim. It was all the one to them. They were in the final. But they didn't want Carlo in the final. But Carlo got the five-point win in Tullamore, and it was fantastic. The only thing is, and we've spoken about this before, and Terence has said it, and Michael has always on about it, about physicality, and Willie Quinlan mentions it a lot. What happens in the likes of the John McDonough, uh, and I know all the teams are working hard now, but compared to the Tipperaries and the Kilkenny's and the physical strengths in the hall, at the second-tier teams, with all due respects to them, it's very, very hard for them to reproduce it one week after the other, the way the championships are gone. So, for instance, Carlo played their first match in the John Mack in 2022 against Meath, and you'd have to say, Carlo would be odds on favourites in a match like that. You know, you're lucky to get out of Navin or trim by the skin of your teeth anytime you play Meath up there. They're so competitive. And it took a lot out of the Carlo lads, and they were completely off cue the following week against Kerry. And Kerry came under Stephen Malumphy, and they made Carlo look like a team that hadn't played hurling before. And when you look back over the whole John McDonough over 2022, that's the game that came back to haunt Carlo. Yeah. And Michael Fenley, while disappointed at the time when Carlo beat awfully by the five points, Michael was in Tralee the week before. I can't remember the score, but it was a massive, massive scoreline. And awfully hurled their hearts out to beat Kerry in Tralee and put themselves in with a great shot to get to the John McDonough final. Lo and behold, they came back from Kerry and they weren't able to keep up to the pace of what Carlo had because the Kerry match had taken it out of them. Yeah, interesting point. Happens. Yeah, that's what happens at John McDonough level. So, now Carlo know they have to do that. Like, Shane, you think back, the match against Antrim, Carlo were two points up against Antrim with four minutes to go in Corrigan Park and lost the match by three. You know, it's, there's not a lot between the teams in the John McDonough. And they could count themselves on lucky there, but you've got to win your home matches. And it didn't happen. So, for me, apart from the lads winning the match in Offaly, I thought it was as good a performance from a Carlo hurling team that I have seen since I started commentating nearly 27 years ago now. I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. I thought to a man they were brilliant. Tom did a great job with them that her home worked on. And I felt sorry for Michael because Michael finally be a great friend of mine over the years with the Kilkenny hurling and the Shamrocks and he's a, he's a decent chap and he'd done his best with Offaly but he admitted that day in his post-match interview that you know, it took a lot out of the week before. And it comes back to all the players that have played at the top level will come back and say the same thing. And that happens at that level. But for me, it was a cracking win for Carlo to go up to Tullamore and to beat Offaly by five points. And some of the national papers and reporters will say, it's a surprise. I, I don't like when I hear them saying surprise because Carlo have been hurling competitively enough with small resources over the last number of years. They hurled in Division 1, that won the John McDonough 2018. You know, the 1-2-8, they got back up to 13 points down in Offaly a few years ago to come back and won it. I can't understand why they always have to use the word surprise. For a small pick of players, I think there's massive work going on at Hurling and Carlow. And there's no conveyor belt coming in there on the, with, with players coming in the Carlow. They don't have players in abundance. You know, I know there's six teams back at the Senior Championship now, but they're not there. But for the players and the clubs and the Hurling people that are there, they're fantastic people. And it's great credit to Kilkenny County Board as well that over a number of years ago allowed Carlow Hurling to play in the Kilkenny League, which has brought them on in leaps and bounds. It's been fantastic. So, you know, they're a great bunch of men at what they can do. And uh, they were just unfortunate they didn't get to the final. But that for me was one of the reasons I picked out that I thought it was that uh, they gave an exhibition that day against Offaly. They really hurled beautiful, beautiful hurling. It was a lovely day. It was a great day for hurling. But to a man, Carol, everything worked for them. They were brilliant. And there was another nice story coming out of that as well in the form of uh, Richie Cody equaling his brother Edward's record for Carlo yeah, in, the, in the victory. I think it was the 164 time he lined out with the yeah. red, yellow and green for the county as well. So that was a huge achievement. Yeah, it was massive. Sure, great, like mentioning all the great men that, that played the game, like, you know, they were there synonymous with Carlo Hurling and the girls with the Camogie. Like, the lads have been brilliant. They run the great Leinster Rangers team that uh, won the Leinster for them there. And, um, 
it was brilliant. And Edward himself was a Edward was an icon, and, and um, you know Richie Richie be well Richie be a household name over the last number of years. I know he's not. 21 or 22 anymore but my god what a ceremony he's been to club and county and uh, fair play to him on equal in the record so I had the joke with him was he going to retire that he wouldn't take the brother's title <laughs> I, don't know what he, I don't know what he's doing <laughs> uh, We're going to listen back to a moment from the end of that game as well and it just kind of goes to show the, the relationship that you still have back with the studio and myself as we're trying to feed each other what's exactly going on around the rest of the world and around the rest of the county Shane is keeping us up to date back at base as well keep us up to date lads the Twitter feed yeah. is Coming. 38 minutes into the second half 2.20 Dantrum Carlo won this one Offley won't be going to the Joe Mack final and now the players wait on the field reminiscent of what you see in the Premiership or in the First Division or second to see who will be relegated there'll be no one relegated here but will Carlo get to the final in Antrim at the moment Kerry 27 points Antrim 2.26 what is happening up there what is left it's a one point game Carlo have done the business here 22 points Carlo a disappointing afternoon for Offaly but Terence has said it earlier on Carlo were by far the better team yeah and then they, like the kind of the whole waiting to see what was going to happen and then you had the Antrim goals for I think Neil McManus got a goal Conal uh, Bowhill got a goal it was 221 to 28 points but then ultimately 29 points to 221 uh, in, in, in favour of, of Kerry but it kind of just goes to show how the as things are happening there, and the game might be over, there's still other things happening that you have to stay on your toes as a commentator. Yeah, well, if Kerry had won that, Carlo were in the final, so that's what it was. Yeah. They were never at that time when Kerry were in control, when Carlo's win was great on the day. You know, it's there to be done. They reckon Mick McCarthy and Ruud Hull had agreed to draw in the World Cup all those years ago. You know, you know, and someone going to say, well, hold on for a second, we're not playing Carlo again. You know, we don't want them. And the next thing they say, let's let's put a finish on this. We're not going to let Kerry win this one. And if Kerry had won it, uh, you know, they were in a right position. But Antrim were already in the final. So there was a few things went their way. And it comes back to the bottom line, Shane, as I said, if you don't win your home match, you're in trouble. And, you know, anybody was at that Carlo-Kerry match in Netwatch Cullen Park in the second round that they went home very disappointed and so did the players and so did Tom because they're a hell of a lot better than that. So it just wasn't to be. It just didn't hinge on that moment in time, you could go back a few weeks to the Kerry match and that was it. But, you know, they were only, by the skin of their teeth, they missed out on the final. And I tell you, they were hurling so well that they had got there. I actually told Eddie Scally that I would have fancied them. I would have fancied them all the way. But anyway, it wasn't to be. So hopefully 2023 will be a Joe Mack year for Carlo. Uh, speaking of uh, Carlo Hurling, and speaking of a name that you just mentioned, Eddie Scally there, uh, he's going to be managing Bagleltown Gales now coming into next season. What do you make of that? I, of all places, I heard that in Minnev Young the other night, and I hadn't heard it up to that. The last I heard of Eddie is I was looking for tickets for the Fiesta's chest. <laughs> he didn't tell me. He didn't tell me. He was going to Bagmanstone. Well, their Bagmanstone Gales have been uh, excellent since the amalgamation of Arizona and St. Andrews over the last few years. They were always excellent. They were great players, and the whole at the club was very well amalgamated. So he's going in among some great people down there. And the most important thing in urban areas is to try and keep as many people playing it. I don't think it's as simple as the country areas. I know country areas lose players in more rural uh, parts of the country, but in town areas, just to keep lads at it at the vital ages and nurse them along to get them into minor and into under 20 and get them up to senior. I'd say if there was a stat done on it, there's a fall-off bigger in urban areas with hurling than there is in country areas. So Bagnall's Town has been a sleeping giant for the last number of years and they've made great progress at minor and senior level. They haven't lifted a senior title as of yet, but uh, you know, there's there's ingredients there to make the cake, and uh, you know they'll be up again with the likes of St Mullins and Rangers, and that it'll be competitive in Carlow. But uh, Bagnestone has been a sleeping giant, and they still have a few 
uh, fine players and some great young players have come through in the last few years also. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And Brendan, I'm conscious of your time because you have four hours of live radio later on and Jim has already messaged in saying that he can't wait to be listening in to you, Brendan. Thanks very much, Jim. <laughs> Doesn't want to listen to me. What's Brendan coming on? Uh, Brendan, before we go, we'll tip on the point then. Uh, one of your top three moments was that game with Shamrocks and Bally Gunner. Of course, all the talk leading up to it was that Harry Ruddle goal and how Shamrocks are going to be a, a wounded animal coming into this and they're going to be very, very kind of frothing at the mouth to be able to get one over Bally Gunner. It was almost forgetting about the fact that they're going to be facing Dunleide in the in the final. This whole match was just based on last year's final. It's the semi-final stage. What did you find so enthralling about? Um, what I thought enthralling about it was in particular Shamrock's second half performance because Bally Gunner, you know, they can just wheel off scores at their peril when they can make a bit of space in that. And Shamrock's had a few hiccups along the way. I mean, if you were very fair about it, only for Dean Mason in the goal against Mace, I believe Shamrocks would have went out in Leinster. You know, Dean was absolutely outstanding that day. But what I took from the Shamrocks Bally Gunner match, I mean, you know, Bally Gunner can do what to do. And I thought Stephen O'Keefe on the day you saw this ourselves, yeah. off. We, we said, are we going to get any past this man at all today? I looked at the whole concept of the whole competition, the history that Bally Hale have in the short 50 years. It's their 50th anniversary. And I said, of the calibre of men they are down there. I always said to Michael over the years, what have they got in Bally Hale that no one has? You know, and, you know, they have class players. And if you look to the team collectively, they have a lovely team with a blend of youth and experience. And, you know, people have said, ah, TJ was quiet. He was, yeah, he scored one ace. That's very quiet. I know, yeah. You know, know, this this, this sort of thing. Owen Cody came into his own, got two beautiful scores. Um, You know, they they picked off, they picked off, Owen Keneally got a a vital point at the vital time that memory serves you right in that match as well. It wasn't the highest scoring of games, but I thought competitively, the Shamrocks were excellent and I think the lads uh, Pat probably would have said it to them at half time as well I don't know exactly what he said I know I had a good interview with him after the match but you know lads for 50 years here we lost to these fellas last year go out don't let yourselves down you know they're the most decorated club in the club championship they're back in the final now and they're, they're favourites but they're where they want to be now and uh, I think you might have it in front of you I think they might finish at 116 or 117 on the day to 16 it was a three, 3 point win I think yeah it was 11 points at half time each and it was 116 yeah. to yeah. 16 points then once yeah. the referee blew yeah. the whistle it was it was a complete performance and uh, I know they lost two players with injury early in the game as well which um, which didn't help you know so that's that in itself well, 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 that was that, that was the interesting thing as well. Uh, yeah. Darren, Darren, Mullen, uh, Darren Mullen going down earlier on. Uh, Joey Cuddy, he was the next uh, casualty, and yeah. Pat Hoban kind of alluded to it afterwards because he got a bit of flack against uh, Kilmacud Croaks for not making any substitutions, and of course Kilmacud then in the second half just came out swinging. So it kind of went to show that he was able to change up the team when he needed. Yeah, well, Brian Butler's kind of experience. He came on for Mullen, and, and in fairness, Young Shortle has been fantastic all year. Anything yeah. he's been involved. He's brilliant. He's a lovely stick man. He's a lovely hurler. And while Joey would have bundles of experience, um, you know, if you're injured, you're injured, you have to go. But, you know, the strength and depth is there. And some people might look at it and say, well, it might be as strong as what you think it is. But at the same time, you, know, you don't actually creep onto a Shamrock's team if they're in your corner to get onto a Shamrock's Valley Hell team. But what, uh, the, your, your first question was, what did I take over? I, I just thought their efforts, uh, their approach and their attitude over the 70 minutes was excellent. And I thought Bally Gunner were fantastic competitively as well. Uh, Stephen O'Keefe, if you took Stephen out of the equation, Shamrocks could have scored seven goals. And then Dean Mason brought up a vital save in the second half as well. And if that had gone in, it would have been a huge turning point in the game because I think there was only a point in it at the time. So anything could have happened. There wasn't a lot 
between these fellas. And when I seen Harry Rudder coming in for Paul Fitzgerald in 55 <laughs> minutes, I said, oh no, there's five minutes left, here we go again. Yeah. Joy Holland Joy Holland I think game. I know a lot of kind of stuff went on uh, Stephen O'Keefe for every performance despite losing and, and stopping yeah. all those goal scoring chances but Joy Holland's job on Dizzy Hutchinson was just as important from a Shamrock's point of view as well he took him Joy, out of the game he had to be moved Joy Holland was absolutely outstanding on the day sir he was absolutely class he was he was he was the case he'll man of the match anyway Michael and I decided on that as well and the funny thing about it T.G. Carr went for somebody else and the commentator from T.G. Carr turned around and said I would have given it to Joey. <laughs> so, I don't know who picked it. We don't be listening to the television. But that look, everybody has an opinion, and everybody plays well. But um, you know that that's the that's the situation. You know, when you look back to Harry's goal last year, it was a moment that that chap will never forget. And to be fair to Bally Gunner, they got to win one. If they hadn't won last year and they had a lost the semi final this year, that would have been complete heartbreak. But you know, to win one is brilliant, and to try and stay winning to to retain. You know, that's why the Kilkenny team that did the four on their own, any team like Limerick and any of these teams, the dubs in football, the carries of this world, you know, to go back and to be able to repeat in All-Ireland, Shane, at club level or inter-county level, uh, even the women in Camogie, like, or at any level, it's it's uh, that's not an easy thing to do. And, and I mean, they've done it. And one thing I didn't say at the start, I think in Harry Ruddle and his goal, one of the heartbreaks for me in 2022 was IT Carlo, which is now the SNCU in yeah. the given Cup. I mean, against Joel, the same thing happened. Uh, you well got a free. It was uh, I think it was Mikey Kiley, the Waterford player, took it. You got a free in the middle of the park, and Carlo were leading by two points. Fatey Carlo, and there was tremendous interest because you know Dean Mason was on the Carlo panel. Uh, Owen Cody was on it. We had Martin Cavanagh from Carlo. We had Christopher Nolan, Chris Nolan. You know we had a few local lads as well, and we had a few of the Wexford lads who had Carlo connections. Carl Dunbar, whose mother would be Carlo. You know, and there was fierce interest in it. The place was packed, and to get a free, and we're in out of time. And DJ and McDempsey and Lazarus on the line were looking forward to heading for a final. And the next day he takes a free and like Harry Woodle, it hit the back of the net. Well, we came home that night absolutely heartbroken because that would have been an ideal opportunity for IT Carroll at the time. So we can look forward to the colleges hurling the football again this year. It was heartbreak for Carroll last year. But I, 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 I know we have to respect the referees and all that. I met him after and I said, where did you get that free out? He said it was a free, all right, but I didn't think he was going to score it. <laughs> yeah, it was Mikey, Mikey Kiley, uh, that Mikey wonder Kiley, free. He scored, it, he scored it from the halfway line. Yeah. You know, and it's realistically, it was a miserable night, and, and it, it shouldn't have went in, but it was an absolute heartbreak. So when we look to the positives and the great things that have happened, I mean, I enjoy every minute of it. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I have a bit of passion for it, and I love it, but it, there were just three. I picked them. Maybe if I sit down tonight, I say, why didn't I tell Shane this? Or the listeners might say, why didn't you pick this? But you know, you, you do so much, it's hard to pick them up. But I, I love every day you can get up and go and broadcast a match or be at a match and enjoy it. And I, I, I think the world of all these fellas and girls is up and play in all sports. I think they're brilliant. And I think everybody, you know, we were all told in school, everybody should be playing. And not everybody does play. Uh, you know, everybody should take part in, in, in something. It doesn't matter what the competitiveness is. But to me, there has been some brilliant uh, things happened over the last number of years, but in particular this year. And I'm looking forward to Shamrocks and online now in the final in January. And I'm certainly looking forward to the, the leagues and looking forward to the John Mack and to everything that's going to happen local, national and international. And I'm going to keep a close eye. I know you have Stephen coming on there to talk about the rugby. Uh, I think Leinster it could be a great year. And we have a lot of local involvement there as well with Ed Byrne and, and uh, Porter and a few of the lads. Um, you know, the final is in Dublin this year and you know, if ever Leinster to go and do something in the rugby this would be a fantastic year to do it. They're playing well at the moment but I hope they don't peak too soon and certainly in World Cup year if Ireland could just go and win the World Cup but I met McQuinn on this we're on the tough side of the draw and it's going to be very hard for Ireland to produce 
a World Cup win, but we have some terrific players, but we don't have the pool for picking up. We pick up injuries to vital players and that the strength and depth is there, but it's not there in abundance of what the Englands have and the New Zealands and the Australias and the France have. We don't have the population to have that amount of uh, high-profile players, but we're picking from four provinces and uh, that's the way it is. But we're remarkable what we can do. So I just hope it turns into be a great year and uh, you keep up all the great work that you're doing and Robbie and all the team down there. Just thanks for everything, Jordan. You know, I enjoyed the commentaries and I'm looking forward to more in 2023. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing you at nine o'clock tonight, bringing in the New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, thanks very much for taking the time. I'm going to play a bit uh, of that semi-final between Shamrocks and Bally Gunner, but wishing you the best New Year and I'll be tuned in tonight, sir. Thanks, Shan. Happy New Year to you all and to all the listeners. Thank you very much. Here we go, here's Shamrocks versus Valley Gunner. Yeah, the clock says and the scoreboard says 63 minutes and 20 seconds. St. Thomas is 20 points, the Shamrocks 115. If TJ Reid scores the like goal... Ryan, this is like St. Ryan is all over again. Yes, well, if I he actually sc- give up and just score this cycle. If he scores this goal, Shamrocks win the game by a point. It will be heartbreak for St. Thomas's. It will be heartbreak. St. Thomas's have won, two, three, four, five, six, and the goalkeeper narrowing the angle for Reid. He didn't miss the penalty. Can he get a goal? Here's the lift. There's the strike. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Nobody saw it in internet. The man is unbelievable. He's unbelievable, this fella. We had DJ in the past. We have TJ in the present. And he's a Bally Hill map. And the referee can't have much time left. Shamrocks lead 21 points to 20, 250 to 20. St. Thomas has come out with the ball. It's all about discipline. Up you get, but that could have been a free. The referee's been hard on St. Thomas's. St. Thomas's Shamrocks again. They're like Lazarus. They come back from the dead. And the ball is going out over the line. And it will be the final whistle goes. And the Shamrocks win the game at the end. <laughs> okay, so I played the wrong clip, all right? Alright, that happens. That happens sometimes on live radio. I have them down as Shamrocks, hashtag Shamrocks. That was obviously against St. Thomas, who lost to Dunlai in the semi-final this year. Lost to Shamrocks last year. This is the one that I was looking for. Shamrocks versus Bally Gunner. Shane, Shane. It's near the end of the year, isn't it? They're trying to put it back in. Bally Gunner, back in it goes. Up goes the big hand of the Shamrocks wing half back. Darrell Corcoran, he's done enough, has he? Richie Reid, the clock says 62 minutes, 63 minutes on the clock. It has to be over. Fenley races for Colin Fenley in towards Stephen O'Keefe. Colin Fenley plays a bit of soccer with it as well. Colin Fenley turns all the time in the world. So he couldn't get it over the bar. He couldn't get it over the bar. And the ball has been held on to by Bally Gunner. And the referee has given a free out. Three minutes and 20 seconds where does the time come from he's adding it on for the substitute Connor Walsh coming in this is last chance saloon for the Gunners the All-Ireland champions are on the ropes in Croke Park they're on the ropes can they get back up he's been brilliant Stephen O'Keefe here's his long range free here's his long range free he's ready to drive it down the field he gets it as far as Philip Manny he sends it down the field they need a goal to bring us the extra time Shamrock stick out the hand Adrian Mullen has it it has to be up the Galway referee where did he buy the watch it's all over and Shamrocks are into the All-Ireland final they're into the final. The All-Ireland champions are gone. They're gone. The Gunners are gone. They were magnificent to a man. They were brilliant All-Ireland champions. But the best team in the history of the IB Club Championship were never going away. And by God did they stay. They're back with a bang. They're back with a bang. There's been questions asked of them all year. But they've answered the questions every time. They might have been sluggish on one or two occasions on this journey to Croke Park. But I can tell you one thing. There was no sluggishness about Ballyhale Shamrocks today. Left a bit of 
stuff that they don't normally do in the first half, Michael, but we have to remember Bally Gunner were a class outfit. This is a brilliant win for the Shamrocks. That's a brilliant win for the Shamrocks. They fully deserved it, Brendan. We're the better team. As we say, they created five goal chances. They took one because of the brilliance of of the goalkeeper of, of Stephen O'Keefe but it was a just uh, a brilliant performance uh, the likes of Owen Cody's there in the second half he was absolutely magnificent and that's what they have they have that individual Welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, counting down some of the best moments that we've experienced with live sport on Scoreline and KCLR in 2022. And you can't talk about some great moments without including a bit of Carlo football. One of our voices on Carlo football is none other than Mr. Willie Quinlan. Willie, thanks very much for taking the call. Hope you had a good Christmas, sir. Yeah, great Christmas, Shane, and yourself? Uh, fantastic as always maybe a bit too kind with myself but sure you know yourself too much much turkey Uh, I'll tell you as a vegetarian any turkey is too much but yes (laughs) too many celebrations making Twix and Snickers sandwiches but uh, Willie looking back on a a year where we've covered more Carlo league football than we've ever done and in total we've done 157 games throughout many different disciplines between soccer, rugby, football, camogie, hurling of course but coming down to a football perspective uh, Kevin Regan mentioned that Danny Moran's point for Tin Ryland against Air Rogue was one of his top moments but there's so many moments to choose from is there any in particular that kind of jump out with you straight away? Uh, possibly uh, Palantine beating the Wicklow champions in the first round of the Leinster Championship um, it was Palantine's first win in the Leinster Championship, which was the crowd was exceptional. I know it was, I think it was a Saturday evening. It was a lovely evening for a match, and you know it was great colours. But you could see the crowd coming onto the pitch after the one, and the performance was just incredible. The football that they played was, you know, you'd have to say probably the best that they've played all, all year. That they kept the best right right down to that game. Shane O'Neill was on fire, you know, with his freeze and he scoring. Young Joshua Egan, who was only eighteen. Um, he made his debut into senior football this year and had a great debut with a great uh, championship. And uh, I think he scored a point that night and could have set up a goal. But looking back, that was probably the highlight of the, the football career of football, you know, over the year, Palantine's win in the first round of the Leicester Championship. And there's like it's a very good one to to kind of highlight as well because just speaking about the elation that people in Palatine kind of felt. Even at the start of it, where you had the festival of football that they were putting on, and uh, I, I could follow Pat O'Flynn's journey all throughout it, and just the belief in him kind of shutting down things after they're going well in the league, saying no one's going to talk about it unless we do well towards the, the latter end of it. And they certainly did get into Leinster. And then, of course, you have Clon Moore celebrating their 75 years as well in existence. It was just, uh, there were some nice stories behind the Carlo Football Championship. Yeah, there sure he was. Clan Moore was exceptional as well. I mean, they were just a whisker away of get, getting to a Leinster final. Possibly a little bit of luck, and you need a little bit of luck on the day, but um, they had a couple of injuries coming into the their semi-final. Didn't play up to where they normally had played in the, in the previous three matches, but uh, again, a great year for them. They won their junior, their backup intermediate, um, that have been involved in the under-20, I, I know, in the, in the last couple of weeks in, in Carlo. So they had a great year with the club and as you say, um, they'll need to push on now to step up to the intermediate. And I know they're well able to, to, to do that step step up. They have lots of young players um, coming on and that's that's the way the game has gone. It, it's all about the youth. It's all about 
you know, the physical strength and power that they have coming through. And it, they'll be ones to watch in the Intermediate Championship next year. They had a, a fantastic game as well, Shane. They certainly, certainly did. Uh, looking then kind of at the inter-county side of things, how do you feel that it's gone in, in general? Obviously, there wasn't some uh, great results in the league, but then this new Chalchin Cup were coming away with a victory over Tipperary. Was there any highlights from an inter-county perspective? Yeah, well, possibly that would have been the, the highlight. I mean, with the four league, we stayed in Division 4. Uh, we went to Loud. We were convincingly beaten up in Loud. We had Brendan covered that much. Um, but the Talchin Cup, obviously, you know, gave us that little bit of a boost again. We beat Tipperary. Um, I know we were beaten by Westmead and Dr. Cullen Park, and uh, they went on to win it. So I think it was, it was a great event at the Talchin Cup and brilliant for the for the so-called weaker counties. Um Looking, looking at the, our Carlo Intercounty setup, you know, going going forward, even I was at a, a, the final of the Dublin County final, and the both teams, uh, Kilmacud Crocs, Bet Nafina, I think it was by a point, and I would I would imagine both of those clubs probably would would beat the likes of the Division Four teams. I think the gap is getting bigger at intercounty level. The top ten or twelve pulling away even further from. Division 2 and certainly from Division 3 and Division 4 teams so really going forward the Talchin Cup is probably what we should have our, our eyes set on we should be, you know, do well in Division 4 in the league try and get into Division 3 and hold our status in it but Talchin Cup would definitely one that you, you could uh, in the next couple of years you, you could throw a team in there that could possibly even go on and win the Talchin Cup and Westmead are very happy this year they, they beat them I think it was Cavan in the final and that was a brilliant final in Dr Cullen Park and that'd be, that would be a highlight for everyone to get to the Talchin Cup final and end up winning it. And when you're talking about the Chalchin Cup as well, you know, there's going to be a new format next year, so there's going to be more games coming our way that we will possibly get to enjoy. Just on your, your point about the said Dublin sides maybe being stronger than Division 4, does this harpen back to what John Canellan has been waxing lyrical about online about the money kind of going into Dublin and, and uh, the sponsorships that's available to these kind of clubs is helping make that gap just seem insurmountable over the next few years Yeah well all you have to look at Shane is, is the way Shane Walsh you know went and played with Kilmacud this yeah. year and obviously he's after benefit and they're after benefit for him he's a fantastic player probably one of the best forwards you know, in the country, we've seen that in the All Ireland final, bar him and Clifford. I know Clifford won the man of the match that day because he was on the winning side. But Shane Walsh was ever bit as good, and to be able to, you know, have those players, the likes of those players, join the Dublin clubs, it just makes them stronger. It makes them even harder to beat. Uh, we taught Port Arlington were going really, really well in the championship. They beat Palantine, and look what Kilmacud done to them. And Kilmacud again in the, in the final and ended up winning it fairly easy but I think they beat the Westmead champions so it's getting very difficult for clubs even to, to put them on and say well there's a Leinster you know, in it in the next year or two because the Dublin clubs are just getting bigger and stronger both physically powerful and obviously the money is a huge help to those as well Shane. Well Willie we'll look back on some of the great moments that we did get to experience as opposed to fearing for the future we're looking forward though to more games that we're going to get to cover in the Carlow Football Championship and at an inter-county level following Niall Carew's men but for now you're sticking with Palatine's Leinster journey yeah definitely I think it's uh, you know the, no one expected him Shane to win the county championship even this year they had a very poor league uh, a young young side that 
they came through lots of young lads but won the county final deservedly so never lost a match in it and won their first uh, game in the Leinster Championship and I think that's my highlight of the year and I know a lot of air old people will be giving out when we've got TCN talking about Palantine <laughs> you know their highlight but definitely for me as a, a pundit and, and doing the commentary on the games that was definitely my highlight Willie thanks very much we're looking forward to your coverage again next year Willie Quinlan picking Palatine's Leinster charge let's have a listen back KCLR at the heart of local sports and then to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scores in a row for Palatine. But they're looking for more here through Joshua Egan. Gets up to the 20 metre line, has to recycle it back oh, to the 45. He definitely threw it, Oshin. Definitely threw it inside. Long high ball drifted inside here. It might fall, Connie Furthman. It's Crowley. Crowley rounds the keeper and buries it with the right boot. What a goal from Connor Crowley. And coming up to half time, it's 1 8 Palatine. St. Pat's 1 4. It all came from a great diagonal ball in off the wing. It bounced Kylie for Crowley. Bounce kindly for Crowley, who sidestepped Shane Doyle and absolutely smacked it into the back of the net. This is incredible, Oshin. When I look down at the names that are missing, Jack Brennan, Tomas Kenny, Jamie Kenny, David Reid and Stephen Rayleigh just before the game. And we're still looking at one eight to four points just coming up to half time here. Welcome back to Scoreline. Now I'm delighted to be joined on the line by one of the voices of hurling here at KCLR. You may have seen him on the sideline this past year as well with Dixborough, but we've been hearing his voice all throughout the year on some of the matches that we've covered here on Scoreline. I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Walsh. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm Grant Chan and yourself. I'm very good. You have a good Christmas, I assume. Yeah, and yourself. I, I, I always try to I always winter well as yeah. they say um, <laughs> try and do our best yeah, yeah Michael yeah. We've, we, we've been so blessed to be a part of so many great sporting moments uh, both internationally but particularly at a local level we've mentioned earlier on that we've covered over 157 live games this year between many different disciplines and it's kind of hard to break down some of the best moments of the year but do you have any in particular that kind of stick out in your memory? Well, I suppose uh, two in particular. Uh, look, you enjoy every one of them and they're all great occasions and look, some of the matches are just brilliant to go to but I suppose, look, at the end of the day, two in my... Uh, Stuck out for me this year. First of all, the under twenty final it was our first time to win in many years at that level, and the final itself was just a spectacular event as regards the match was brilliant. It went right down to the wire, and the lads had a great victory. They went in as underdogs, and you know it was just a massive day for them, massive day for Derry Kling. Obviously, he's been awarded then later in the year with the, the big job, and I'm sure they do a fantastic job there, and the best of luck to him. But that uh, that for us was a special day to see the excitement of. And you know, I suppose down to the years we used to winning at underage and senior level, and it had been a while in either of the grades really. But uh, this was a special day, and I really enjoyed that day. Uh, it was just immense, I thought. Yeah, it was the first time since 2008, and you mentioned there then that Derek goes on to become Brian Cody's successor, and obviously you're making the direct yeah. correlation between the two, winning that All Ireland, and then hopefully being able to do it with Kilkenny on a senior level. Yeah, it would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, he's a very good setup behind him, and of course, uh, to move on to probably the second. Well, I wouldn't say second because if you're, the All Ireland Senior Final this year was just an amazing occasion. Uh, obviously, the results probably didn't go the way everybody wanted to, but as regards, I, I'm not even talking about the, the the results. It was the first time in three years, I think, Croke Park held the full crowd for an All Ireland, and we kind of forgot what it was about. And you know, the the, the 
you know, the parade around it before the match, the noise levels and the noise levels right throughout it, the quality of the game, the brilliant displays by both sides and look at, as I said, the results as results and that looks after itself. But uh, Kilkenny on the day were absolutely magnificent as well and that helped. But it was just a brilliant, brilliant game of hurling, a brilliant day to be, to be there. And as I said to you, you know, Limerick had played in front of nobody. Then they played in front of a half crowd, and then they they had uh, the full house with Kenny on the day of, of the All Ireland, and that to me was really, really special in the way everything played out on the day, except obviously for the result. But as I said to you, hopefully we can we can turn that over in 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 the year year to come or years to come. But the performance by Kenny was as good as a lot of performances on winning teams down through the years. So there's a huge hope for the future. But as I said, it was just about the day, about the full house and everything that went with that. I think that really speaks a lot as well to the how good of a final it was because people from Kilkenny still mentioning that as their top sporting moment of 2022. As you said, despite the loss. And then in hindsight, you look back, it's Brian Cody's last time in charge of uh, Kilkenny's side. It, it was a special moment. Normally, when you win or you lose, sorry, when you lose an all Ireland, you're coming out to play But it was, you know, and I'm sure the players and managers and were, and rightly so, they went in there to win that game. We all hoped they would. But at the end of the time, today you can only give of, of what's in you. And uh, what, definitely everything that was in Kenny came out that day. And as I said, yeah, the atmosphere itself, the quality of it was just off the scales. Like it was just one of the best all Ireland hurling finals, hurling wise, I've ever seen. And uh, I've, seen, I've seen many of them now, but uh, as regards to quality of hurling, I haven't seen. Any, uh, you know, if any, I haven't seen too many better anyway. And before we listen back to one of those top moments, which will be the under-20 final, I just want to kind of remark on the tremendous year that has been for Dixborough, your own club as well, at uh, uh, like all most of the underage levels as well. Just tremendous success there. Yeah, and it, it was a brilliant year. Um, you know, and it has been the last few years, and I suppose the trick now is to try and you know, get them through uh, as many as possible to get to the senior the senior level and, uh, you know, try and make an impression of that, of that thing. And I think, in fairness, last year, uh, you know, an awful lot of young guys played senior hurling for Dixborough, an awful lot of, yeah, you know, we had five or six 19-year-olds playing last year and maybe there'll be another one or two playing next year. And, you know, that's the ultimate goal. It's brilliant to win underage and we've had great victories over the last three, four, five, six years. And this year in particular again, but the trick is, as I always say, it's brilliant to win underage, but you've got to try and get through now to the top level. And that's the goal for every coach in Dixborough to try and make sure that uh, these fellas do come through and play at the top level. Well, Mickey, thanks very much for taking the call. We look forward to following Dixborough's journey, but having you back on KCLR and in the stands commentating on some of the biggest matches within Kilkenny Hurland. Thanks very much, Mikey, and have a happy new year, sir. Thanks, Shane. Many happy returns. This is the final moments of that under-20 final, Kilkenny versus Limerick. KCLR. At the heart of local sports. That's a wide ball. Kilkenny have to have it now, Over, I think, yeah. Kilkenny have to have it. It has to be over. These 63 minutes and 64 are turning into 66 and 67. It's now into the 64th minute. It has to be up. The Waterford referee yeah. looks at the watch. And Kilkenny yeah. are the All-Ireland champions. Well done, Derek Ling. It was a great performance. They've won it. 19 points to 18. They were the underdogs. And they can say what they like now. Kilkenny have come back and won this one. Well done, Derek Ling, Michael Rice, Peter Barry, Peter O'Donovan. But Michael, that was a great Kilkenny performance. Absolutely. To a man. Yeah.
Welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by an absolute gentleman, Mr. Terence Kelly, who has covered so many games over the years with KCLR in relation to Carlo Hurling and no doubt we'll be covering a lot more in 2023. We covered 157 games in total across all disciplines and a lot of them focused on Carlo GAA, on the football and the hurling side of things. Terence is one of those voices. Terence, thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us. Not at all, Shane. It's a pleasure. And just talking about covering for KCLR, carry people, uh, people from Iceland, Carlo, at the weekend. They're based in America and they carry the same owner chapters based in Luton. And our jokes will say to them to have the games on, it's honest to God, it's great for them. Like, you know, they say you don't realise what it means to us. And for KCLR, you just have to say, well done. Yeah, even even when the increased coverage of the say the football championship was going ahead as well, I was hearing that from people saying, "Oh, thank you very much." I couldn't get to the game, or people, as you mentioned, living overseas, getting to hear it, it just yeah. allows people to once again stay bonded with their community. Well, sure, it does. Like you know, like to just feel that you know that like, Carlo is still Carlo. You're still a Carlo man when you're in America, wherever you are. Like you know. And I know they were absolutely over the moon. They were just talked in depth about it now last Saturday night, taking them home, like, you know, and I could see where they were coming from. They were passionate about it, like, and it was wonderful to see. And fair play to KCLR, they're brilliant. Well, you and Brendan are an absolute dose that is needed when you're commentating on games. You know it inside out. And looking back over the year in general, there hasn't been huge cause for a success on the inter-county side of things but on the club side of things another successful Carlow Championship is there anything in particular that a moment that a piece of commentary with yourself and Brendan or a game that rings through as maybe one of the defining moments in 2022 well yeah well I I think that's uh, you know St. Mullins were worthy champions uh, I know Ballon Killen gave them a huge test in the semi-final like you know and uh you know, young John Dyer come up with a goal and two pints there and uh, it was it was vital at the time. But, you know, St. Mons, to me, were worthy champions and their game against Saren St. Aidan, to me, was brilliant. But, you know, the top three games were the last three games. St. Mons and Saren's, um, Ali Hale and uh, Nace. And last Sunday's game was probably, like, you know, the tops. It was a brilliant, brilliant game. Like, But, you know, those are the three outstanding games in my like you know well well, this year for me and I was lucky enough like to be at the tree and so it was brilliant Yeah from the St Mullen side of things they ended up kind of going up against Kilmacug Crokes in a senior Leinster semi-final double header you know but after edging out Fern St yeah. Aidan's in that thrilling match in Netwatch Cullen Park um, the the final in itself against Bagdell's Town Gales and you had Marty coming back from the States and there was a big hullabaloo it was That's a bit right. of a it was a bit of a blowout in the end but that Fern St Aidan's match seemed to really make up for it? Well, it was like it's a game, you know, that could have went either way. Oh, God, I thought, you know, it was, it was a really, really good game, like, you know, and, uh, you know, St. Mons had, had to dig deep, had to dig deep, like, uh, you know, Ferns, they had them on the ropes for the last five minutes, like, the full-time whistle was probably music to their ears, but, you know, St. Mons had to dig deep, like, very, very good performers from their midfielders, Pardy Kehoe and Jack Kevin like Marty played very well, and uh, you know James Dyle is James Dyle. Like you know, he he always contributes. Like, but just one of those days, it could have went either way. Uh, like the Ferns left us a couple of very very good forwards, like a couple of corner forwards there, and it would have caused a lot of problems for the did, Like you know, but in general, like on the balance of play, St. Mons just about deserved to get over the line, and 
No, you know, they live down the road from the St. Morris Lake and it was the lightest farm, I said, and it was, it was great fun because it was a chance then to, to get to, like, to get to Crook Park and, uh, you know, it was, it was a momentous occasion for, for St. Morris and for their families and for the club, so well done to them. Yeah, that was the thing that Jack Cavanagh kind of highlighted after it as well, about the chance to get to play in Crook Park and how, you know, coming up say, against Kilmaco Crooks, that they would have been more used to it. And on the day, they, they, they certainly was, but I think St. Mullins' journey, you know, that, that epic win over Ballinkillen, wasn't it? One point on the day and then kind of That's having right. such That's a right. dominant performance then against Bagdellstown Gales and Netwatch Cullen Park and then having that two-point yeah. victory over Fern St. Aidan's. It was just a kind of joy to be able to, to, to follow their journey. And then, you know, having that hope of a Kilkenny and Carlo Leinster final it would have been just brilliant. Yeah, well, listen, on the day, on the day, uh, you know, some people said St. Mullins didn't turn up on the day. I don't think they'll let turn up. Like, Kilmacourt's coach that a half hour in that day, they caused a huge amount of problems. You know, and, uh, you know, that was, listen, St. Mullins, if they were offered last January to be county champions and to get to a Leinster semi-final to Crow Park, I'd say they would have taken hand in all of you, like, you know. You know, I said it was a very proud year for them. I said, on the day... But, you know, when you look at Kilmacud Croaks, you see the job they did, like, you know, on, uh, on Ballyhale, then after that, like, you know, yeah. they had them on the ropes. So, you know, you're talking of, uh, like, a decent club, you know, a decent team, like, and, uh, you know, on today, like, St. Mullins, you know, they had, they had to play second fiddle to a better team, but, listen, they had a very good year, and, you know, it was a great game. The game in Carlo, to me, you know, you know, the semi-final, the final was, you know, bang us down. Some people said they didn't turn up. I don't think they were let turn up. But, you know, St. Mullins were very, very good and they had a very, very good uh, game against Ferns. But listen, they were, like, they were second best against Kilmacud Crooks. But no, like, to, to me, you know, well, you know, when that was, the, the, the Ferns game was probably like the first highlight of the year, like, you know, followed by the next two ones, like, you know. Well, we're going to have a listen back to that and a bit of Jack Kavanagh after the game because you just couldn't, hear a more proud man knowing that they were going to go to Crow Park. Terence, thanks very much for speaking with us over Christmas. Hopefully you'll enjoy the rest of the time off that you may have and we look forward to you and Brendan covering a lot more action in 2023. Shane, thanks for having me on and thanks for having me on for, the man for, well, for a number of years now and thanks very much. It means a lot to me. Thanks Shane. Terence Kelly, absolute gentleman, picking Fern St. Aidan's versus St. Mullins as the top pick in Carlo Hurlan. KCLR. At the heart of local sports. 45 seconds remaining in Netwatch Cullen Park. Marty Kavanagh is placing the ball. St. Mullins lead by one. Can they lead by two? With tanks to Blanchfield's country pub in St Mullins the roof will lift if St Mullins win this one below in Blanchfield's here's the free for Marty he looks to the goal on the Dublin Road end the Carlo Talisman he was on the Joe Mack team of the year yes. he could be on the AIB club of the year team at the end of the day he's kept the scoreboard ticket over St Mullins lead by 2 119-117 Ferns were coming looking for a goal here goes the long high dropping ball from Owen Murphy in around the house it goes St Mullins have it a pull out on the ground out oh. comes Kevin Keogh we have to have this one it has to be over Woo. Sean Clear oh the ball is hooked the keeper's hooked on the far side what's Sean Clear looking at the four minutes are well over they're well over St Mullins and James Dyle have it blow the whistle Sean it's all over oh. St Mullins is all the way to Croke Park we'll be there with the Shamrocks on the 27th they were fancy to do well in this one they've done well in this
this one, St Mullins. It's another blow for Wexford Hurling. Karloff got one over them. The Rangers bet out of the Bala in the Leinster final back in 2014. 119 to 117. Ferns were excellent, but St Mullins were brilliant. Welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe. Have you become very accustomed to the fact that we're counting down some of the best moments in 2022 before we prepare for another busy 2023? Someone who has been such a welcome part of our Scoreline team with the Come On Kind podcast or Camogie coverage just up and up is Anya Farrell. Formerly Anya Fahi, but Anya Farrell. Now, firstly, Anya, I don't ever think I even got to congratulate you on the wedding. Oh, thanks very much. I don't know if it's congratulations or commiserations now at this stage, but sure, listen, we'll see you out the rest of the year anyway and see how that goes. Exactly, exactly. Well, hopefully you had a great Christmas as your first married Christmas. But looking back on 2022, obviously you have your personal kind of celebrations but from a a sporting perspective there's so many great moments to look back on we've looked at some great moments in Carlo football Carlo hurling Kilkenny hurling of course soccer rugby and we can't talk about some of the great moments without mentioning the fantastic year we've had in Camogie of course with the All-Ireland final and winning that and going unbeaten but there's been so many great different moments within the year yeah, there certainly has. And I think, you know, this year in particular in Kilkenny, like, I think we've been very, very privileged and very lucky that we've had so many sporting icons from Kilkenny, like, you know, coming to the fore and achieving their dreams at such great heights. But I think for me especially, I really think club championship this year was absolutely tremendous. I think there's definitely teams that we didn't know were going to kind of come out of the pipework from the very, very start and, you know, make mean business. You know, the junior, the county finals um, in front pressure that day like the junior county final to me was definitely one of the county finals that I am going to remember for a very very long time it was one of those matches that literally went down to the last puck of the ball and on your own from Carrick Shock popping up getting a goal there you know it looked like the it looked like the victory was going to go to John Locke's Bennett's Bridge but you know Carrick Shock had a different idea and then I suppose Thomastown coming in on the senior front and really upsetting what everybody assumed was going to be very much a very easy championship for Dixborough but they came in and they had different ideas and probably came in under the radar very unassumingly nobody kind of given them any hope at all um, I think everybody had kind of felt that Thomastown's days were you know well and truly done at that stage but by God did they come out and give a performance of a lifetime in a county final so I think for me definitely like the club championship in Kilkenny this year was probably the best sporting um, highlight for me for the year because I think it showed also that Kilkenny Camogie is in a really really good way you know like we had the girls winning the senior All-Ireland but then we're able to cap it with an absolutely excellent club championship as well and then of course Jane Stevens is charged for an All-Ireland themselves winning the intermediates going winning Leinster uh, falling short in the final but going up to Crow Park on a day like that many of them have never even played in Nolan Park it was just huge inspiration we've heard from Owen Larkin and talking about his own daughter's inspiration within James Stevens as a club you can hear club legends like Fan Larkin talking about look this is a, a relatively new thing for James Stevens to be involved in Camogie what 15-20 years or whatever he said but just you can sense the pride beaming out of him when he was speaking about the potential of going to Croker then getting there ultimately falling short but still something to be tremendously proud of 
Oh my God, absolutely. Like you look at James Stevens three years ago, they were playing junior level in Kilkenny. You know, for a team that has a turnaround of in four years, they've only lost three games and one of those was a junior county final, an intermediate county final and um, an intermediate club All-Ireland. That's a serious, serious achievement for any team and I think they're definitely hitting senior at the right time. And, you know, and I think to be fair, like I think for James Stevens, because there's such a huge tradition there with um, hurling and with camogie, it was only kind of you know fitting that both clubs kind of joined together this year. So they're now known as James Stevens Hurling and Camogie Club. But then I think it actually made more people aware of what camogie is all about in Kilkenny, and especially what camogie is about in James Stevens as well. So yeah, it's like absolutely brilliant. It's great to see a club team from Kilkenny getting to an All Ireland series because you know it kind of puts the fear in every other county that Kilkenny Camogie is here we're competing at the best in all levels so you know, be, be aware now for the next couple of years and also that's kind of reflected in the five all-stars on the third level Camogie all-star team you had Kiro O'Shea you had Jane Coss from Dixborough in Young Ireland you had Steffi and Tiffy Fitzgerald then from Jane Stevens, you had Neve Dealey as well so the future looks bright all things considered yeah, absolutely. And you have to look at Neve Dealey. She's a player of the match there in the Ashburn final as well, which was a huge achievement, a great achievement from DCU. Yeah, like I think Kilkenny Camogie, I think we're really, really at a good platform at the moment. And I think we're only getting stronger and stronger. And I think that comes from the success that we've had with our senior inter-county squad. You know, success breeds more success. And I think the girls are just more hungry for more achievements throughout the next couple of years. And I can't see them going anywhere. And then you look at the All-Star, our All-Star nominations. We were a bit kind of saying, oh, would we be lucky to only have maybe five or six nominations we ended up getting eight all-stars on the night a player of the year and a manager of the year as well so certainly like it has been an iconic year for Kilkenny Camogie like I think next year is going to be stronger as well there's some really really good management teams put in place for our, for our inter-county squads too great to see Brian and the lad staying on as a senior management Seamus Kelly is in there as the intermediate management and he was manager that um, you know led DCU to their Ashburn this year so I think like Kenny Camogie is certainly in a really really good position yeah, it certainly is and then also you have Mike Wall as well continuing his tenure in charge of yep. the minor team for the season uh, Anya it's great that you said the, the club championship because of course the, the, the first thing that comes out when you think of Kenny Camogie is that All-Ireland win and just hearing the passion in your voice we heard it back when we were talking to Martin Quilty just hearing the love that you have for Camogie is great but what was brilliant is that it crescendoed in a night in Dixborough for the Come On Kind Awards which was just a fantastic celebration for everything that has been done at a club level Oh like that night in Dixborough was absolutely brilliant it was so good it was so good to see so many players there because like for me I kind of it kind of felt like oh my god people are actually listening to us people are paying attention to what is going on here and I think everybody really appreciated what we were trying to do that night. I think there were kind of, there was this sense of nearly, there was a real sense of pride that, you know, I'm being nominated. I should be really proud of myself what I'm after doing for my club. And I think that's why we had so many people there. Like there was really proud parents there. The atmosphere was really, really good. And it was something really nice. And as myself and Martin kept on saying that night, we want to make it bigger. We want to make it better. We want to give recognition to those that deserve the recognition from a club level. And it's all about the club player and I think that holds in well the fact that we had such a brilliant club championship season then we topped it off with a brilliant come on kind awards night we you know gave out our top score of the year awards we gave out our player of the year awards we gave out our all-stars I just think it really capitalised on a really successful year
Yeah, and you can see then with the sponsors getting involved, you know, the senior team of the year was sponsored by Roach Injury Clinic. Then you had RMC sponsoring the whole night in general. So you can see that there's the will of the people behind it. But I, I'm going to play a bit from that Come On Kind Awards night just to hear in the jubilation. But Anya, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Hopefully you had a fantastic Christmas and much love to come on kind it's been a wonderful addition to Scoreline over the past two years and we're looking forward to seeing what you and Martin come up with in 2023 that's super thanks very much guys talk to you soon that's Anya Farrell there ladies and gentlemen one of our main commentators here at KCLR and one of the hosts of the Come On Kind podcast. Here's a little clip from that night in Dixborough. KCLR. At the heart of local sports. Eddie, if you would please give us our three nominees for Junior Player of the Year. Anya. Orla Grace from Carrick Shock. (laughs) Vivian Holmes from John Locke's Bennett's Bridge. And Anya Rowan from Carrick Shock. Now, we have to let people know, because obviously all the listeners in KCLR, and thank you so much, because we nearly had 5,000 votes alone from all of the listeners on KCLR for this, which became one part of the vote. Uh, The rest of the organising committee also had a vote, and I have the winner in the golden envelope. Drum roll, please. Our 2022 Junior Player of the Year is John Locke's Bennett's Bridge, Vivian Holmes. And our Intermediate Player of the Year nominees are... Neve Dealey from James Stevens. <laughs> Kelly Hamilton from the Roar in the Sea. And Emma Minogue from James Stevens. And I can tell you one thing, this was so close. There was only one vote in it. Anya, our intermediate player of the year goes to Emma Minogue, James Stevens. Right, the biggie, the biggie, our senior player of the year. We have three nominees and the three nominees are all from our champions. Madam? Our first nominee goes to, I don't know what order it's going in. There you go. Anna Farrell from Thomastown. Sarah Walsh from Thomastown. And Joanne Fitzpatrick from Thomastown. Well, we know the winner is Thomastown. Our senior player of the year goes to one of the giant captains, Sarah Welch of Thomastown.
You're very welcome back to Scoreline. It is New Year's Eve, and as you may be aware, we're counting down some of the top moments in sport, particularly locally here on Scoreline, as we approach a new year. And a new year brings new beginnings, but it's lovely to look back on some of the great things that happened. Joining me now in the studio is our knock-on presenter and head of nearly everything here in KCLR, Mr. Stephen Burns. Stephen, how are you doing? Mr. Head of Cabbage. <laughs> Hi, Shane. Stephen, it's great getting to chat to you. We know how much you have a passion for sport and what a year of sport it has been on Scoreline, particularly on the rugby front. You're the presenter of the Knock On Rugby podcast, which brings people in from Tullow, Carlow and Kilkenny Rugby Club and kind of looks at fixtures coming up, looks at fixtures just gone. It's a tremendous kind of, I think, contribution to the local rugby scene. Yeah, no, it is. Um, I'm delighted to present it as well. I've got uh, three great lads on it, James Blanchfield, Kilkenny, Tom Crotty from Carlow and course the legendary Johnny Tobin uh, from Tullow. Um, yeah for our franchise area here it's great to have three teams and three teams that are uh, you know up towards the top end of uh, the Leinster League that they play in of course Kilkenny's Division 1A um, they get promoted out there you're up into the likes of the AIL and all that so that's that, you know they're they're flying high there and then in Division 1B then you've got Carlo and uh, Tullow operating out of that as well but um, as well as the senior teams in the three clubs you've got ladies teams girls teams and tons and tons of youth teams as well for, you know all the different age categories right down to the minis as well so it's quite busy um, we've quite a lot to talk about every week as well and of course we, we touch on the Leinster stuff the Munster stuff Connacht Ulster Ireland and that as well but our main focus of course Shane is the local stuff and it's great the lads get on really well you know like any of the different sports communities the rugby community is fairly small but it's fairly tight everyone sort of knows each other as well um, and there's a fair bit of slagging and ribbing that goes on <laughs> on the podcast as well which is great um, especially when the teams are about to play each other um, particularly obviously uh, Tullow and uh, Carlo in the Leinster League they play each other obviously twice a year in the league but um, yeah no it's good old crack now and seeing the ascension of someone like Dan O'Brien uh, doing amazing things and then of course you have SETU Carlo being quite competitive Ankle Kenny College Glenn Tector having a tremendous under 26 nations with Ireland former Kilkenny College student so you've loads to talk about on it oh there's tons um, that's it and you're always keeping an eye out for ex-Kilkenny College heads as well they're off playing in France and England and all these other Peter uh, Leiden yeah exactly um, so we try and keep an eye on all that as well and stuff far afield you've got Brian Byrne uh, over in the Bristol Bears you've got Ed Byrne with Leinster of course there'll be the absolute local links um, Sean O'Brien is coaching now for Leinster after playing for Leinster in Ireland for years so yeah we've got a good in um, for a small uh, for small little counties Kilkenny and Carlow we sort of punch above our weight when it comes to rugby um, and producing internationals as well there've been internationals out of Kilkenny as well the great Willie Duggan um, you know we're very very lucky uh, in this area Ian Dowling as well um, from Kilkenny played for Munster through those glorious years where they won the Heineken Cup and uh, represented Ireland at A level and that as well so it's great um, it was a bit of a it was an interesting year Shane we got this time last year a lot of the rugby was still disrupted by Covid um, we were talking to Dave O'Connor, the, yeah. the Kenny manager, and he was saying, "Look, they had a really bad league, pretty oh, much. Terrible and league. Talks have been relegated and stuff. And yeah. he was like, COVID and the disruption that it's caused amongst the squad. You could have X amount lads training one night, and then a completely different set of lads training the next night. Yeah, and with rugby, Shane, it's all about consistency. If you've got a group of forwards, they have to gel together. The backs have to gel together, and then both backs and forwards have to gel together to make sure that you get a game plan out and going. Um, anyone gets uh, injured in the centre or their forwards, there's a huge disruption there as well. They lost a lot of players with COVID um, towards 
the end of last year and then there was injuries as well and then there was a gap where they hadn't played a game for a couple of weeks as well due to games being called off from other teams that had outbreaks yeah. of COVID and all that so we got on towards the end of the season this year 2022 and uh, Kilkenny were sort of languishing around the bottom of the Leinster League Division 1 uh, A um, and you know James Blanchfield was like going we're probably we're going to be fighting for survival here and uh, hopefully we can stay up but then they got into the Towns Cup everyone loves the Towns Cup the Towns Cup is just different kettle of fish the, the different atmosphere it's historical you know, these lads become legends out of the Towns Cup, as James Blanchfield says himself. You win a, a Towns Cup medal, they'll be talking about it in the club for years to come. You be, you're up on a pedestal. That's the way the team is. Um, so Kilkenny got stuck into the Towns Cup and they found their form. They certainly um, did. They went up against Eden Derry, yeah. a 34-point to 20 victory. Carlo on the other side of things had a 16-0 to nil victory over Navin. Then you look at Tullow, they unfortunately bowed out at the hands of Dundalk. But what the Carlo and Kilkenny... Very strong Dundalk team as yeah. well. Yeah, what the Carlo and Kilkenny window was set up a tie between the two of them. Yes, and we got to cover that here as well, which we're delighted about. Um, that was out in Fuchstown, myself and Johnny Tobin on duty that day. Lovely, uh, sunny day, I remember. Um, a small bit of a breeze as well, but it was a lovely day. Um, and Carlo Kilkenny got stuck in, and Carlo was just a different team in the cup as well. And the two of them got stuck into each other. And I think Carlo would... Carlo felt that they left a bit out on the on the field that day as well, but Kilkenny just being Kilkenny and that bit of experience in the higher division and I suppose tougher teams um, just managed to eke it out on the day. But, you know, a couple of different things went different way. It could have been Carlo's day that day, but it was great um, to cover it as well. Carlo took a lot out of that performance. While disappointed, uh, you know, it gave them a bit of a lift as well, but on Kilkenny went and... The whole way to the final, Shane, and uh, against Ashburn, and uh, had a tough match, and they knew that final was going to be hard. Um, you know, Ashburn are not an easy team to beat any day. Um, the Rob is a tricky team in the league, even. But you know, cup rugby is completely different. You just see different. These sides just become different animals uh, in cup rugby, and into the uh, final, and then Kilkenny getting that Towns Cup victory. That feeling, those fellas, the Doc, the Doc O'Connors. Um, you know the lads have been around for a few years to get over the line in the Towns Cup is just magical stuff Shane um, especially when you've been knocking at the door for so long as well and, and some of these lads were towards the end of their careers I suppose and probably thought it'd never happen and then you know with the the league going the way it was you know your head wouldn't be in a good place you'd be like going ah you know but um, to get over the line with that was great and fantastic the Kilkenny uh, you know see them Towns Cup champions for 2022 um, and you know um it was a great day. I and I could tell because I could hear all the post match reaction in the clubhouse and oh, everything. You were there for it all. It was brilliant. And plus, we should know Kilkenny avoided relegation as well. Yes. Uh, in the end, end yeah, of the day. Down to a penalty kick. Exactly. Yeah, so I uh, just close. I I'd assume then you're picking that. As yeah. your highlight of the year. Highlight of the year, Kilkenny's Towns Cup win. Absolutely. Um fantastic stuff. Just just in the in the context, Shane, as I said, of, of where the league was it that was year. Twenty years, I think, in the waiting. Yeah. It's just, it's huge for a small club, um, or any club. It's not even Kilkenny, you wouldn't even call them a small club. It's just huge to get a Towns Cup uh, under your belt. And especially for a lot of those players um, that have been around for so long and just really dedicated to the cause out there, just total commitment. And, you you're, you're, you know, when they won, you're like, going, that's great for those fellas. You know, they've been, you know, that's just reward for all the work they've put in over the years as well. Kilkenny came close, of course, years ago in the loss of Towns Cup final tennis court. He was up there that day as well. Um, you know, and a lot of legendary players on that team as well, you know, never got that chance. So to get over the line, yeah, 
moment of the year it was brilliant well we'll listen back to it there now Stephen Byrne thanks very much more Cheers. to come on the knock on in the new year but this is Kilkenny and Ashburn in the Towns Cup KCLR at the heart of local sports they've won the Provincial Towns Cup in 02 2001 1986 1959 1955 and they're gone again 32 points to 5 or to 6 the lead here and are they going to get another try but the final whistle goes in the Provincial Towns Cup final it's victory for Kilkenny and what a fantastic afternoon of rugby they've served to us here it's junior rugby it's the pinnacle it's the it's the bread and butter of rugby and they've done really really well here today they started off with two tremendous tries in that first half through Aiton McDonald and Connor Dempsey then Jake Prattley in the second half of the super try and Hugh Corkery they dominated that second half the Kilkenny supporters are in on the field they've really, they're really enjoying this one Johnny but yeah. it has been as Dermot said you've said it through the commentary a complete performance and a great panel performance the Provincial Towns Cup is heading to Kilkenny after a 20 year absence Welcome back to Scoreline. As you know, we've been looking back on what has been a very successful year for KCLR Scoreline and a very successful year for a Come On Kind podcast. Joining me now on the line is Martin Quilty. Martin, did you have a good Christmas, sir? Good morning or afternoon, Shane. At this stage, it's hard to know. Yes, it has been a great Christmas. Um, thanks be to God. It's, uh, it's a nice time just to unwind after a long year. Enjoy it with family. And of course, overindulging with everything that we shouldn't really be overindulging with. But yeah, very good Christmas. Did you are you enjoying the respite? Because the Come On Kind podcast, it's it's not only just having one podcast, it's the work that goes into it. It's not just for the hour that you get to talk. It's the work that goes into it. It's going to the games, it's speaking to the managers, it's an establishing relationship with the club. So are you enjoying a bit of a break from all that or are you ready to get stuck in, in twenty twenty three? It's nice to have the bit of the break, um, but we're raring to go, of course, as usual. Uh, you know, the league fixtures have already been put out, albeit the groupings is not there, but we have all our dates. Championship dates are sorted out as well. We're just waiting on the groupings. Um, so, yeah, like uh, the, the break is nice, but yeah, we're raring to go again in the new year. And we won't be off here for too long as we had 43 episodes uh, this year. Um, which was phenomenal when you look back at us between season two for the intercounty and season three for the club scenes. And I don't know, I think we might even have a, a couple of more next year uh, when it comes to it. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to seeing what you have in the year ahead, but now it's time to look back at the year that we've just had. I don't know, is it presumptuous of me to suggest that some of your top moments from 2022 would be revolving around Camogie? Well, I suppose I'm a bit biased in that end of things, but um, yeah, the, the the top ones would certainly be coming with it. Um, I suppose the noise that we had for the Come On Kind team of the year out in Dixborough was fantastic. You know, last year was kind of cut a bit short with COVID. We could only have the winners inside in Nolan Park to give them out the jerseys this year. All of the nominees were brought out to Dixborough and the team was actually announced on the noise as well, which was a fantastic occasion. Um, and it's something that we're aiming to bring better again if we can uh, next year. And the plan is eventually, if it doesn't happen next year, to have a big gala event that we have like an all-star event, black toy event, that all of the nominees can come with their partners, etc. And uh, a bit like an all-stars and be announced on the noise as well. So that's the aim and that's the plan. 
um, and hopefully within the next year or two that that's going to, to come about. Um, it was great this year for the girls, I suppose, going unbeaten, uh, knocked out in the league on scoring difference, uh, which is a pity. Uh, they drew in Cork. If they had to beat Cork that day, they would have been in the league final. God only knows we could have had a league and All-Ireland double this year, but um, the day in Athenroy, um, was a fantastic occasion like in the last championship group game they had to go to Galway to get a result knowing that they were going to be in the knockouts anyway um, but they got a draw put them into the quarterfinals but the atmosphere up there was absolutely electric it was uh, the sun was shining it was a lovely day um, and the team played very very well uh, they were four points down I think in that game to come back and level it up and get into the quarterfinals so that would be my second one. The third one then, of course, is the All-Ireland final itself. Um, like Cork, again, we've been there in 17, 18, uh, we've beaten them in 16. So, you know, leaving out in 17 and 18 was tough. It was a bit for payback. They beat us in the semi-final last year in 2021. So, um, yeah, that, that was a nice victory. And I suppose the irony that we only won by a point as well uh, hmm. Definitely give them a bit of payback after all those heartbreaks um, was great. Um, and just a bit left of centre then for my fourth choice, I suppose the coverage that Camogie is actually getting um, in the last number of years compared to where it was, it, it's been phenomenal. Like, I mean, we have the podcast, the live matches are being done as well. So Camogie is actually being put out there a lot more than what it has been, and people are starting to enjoy it as well. So, yeah, they, they've been my top uh, top four um, for the year. There's a lot to pick from there. Uh, one one thing that uh, struck me is that when I was listening to your commentary on the 2020 All-Ireland Final, very emotional, but the emotion was just there for the 2022 All-Ireland Final. And in my presumptuousness once again I would have assumed that after the the three heartbreaks in a row that the 2020 would have meant so much but it seemed that 2022 was just as significant for you um, I suppose it was for for slightly personal reasons and that one as well compared to sporting um, reasons 2020 was great I mean you know, we hadn't won the All-Ireland since 2016. All of the heartbreaks that was there in 17 and 18, um, 19 was there as well. Like, they were Galway beat us in 19. Uh, we were playing Galway in the All-Ireland in 2020. Because during COVID, we didn't know whether we were going to get to play it or not. Um, to play the week before Christmas in Crow Park under lights. Um, and just to come away with that victory that night, like, after so many defeats as well, um, it was. And... It was great. I suppose I had been there previous as chairman with all those defeats. So you know how much work that the girls and all puts into it and the time and the effort, the dedication. Um, and you're there with them along that journey. You mightn't be playing it, but you see everything that's going along step by step with them. And it is heartbreaking when they lose. Um, and I suppose I'm kind of the opposite. I'm an emotional fella anyway. So if I win, I cry. <laughs> if I lose, I cry anyway. Um, but 2020 was great. But I, I suppose the fact that uh, we lost Granny um, earlier on in the year and, you know, you know yourself, she would have always been around with me fundraising even for the All-Ireland, uh, the night of the radio quiz in the station. She'd always be there in the wheelchair, drinking tea and eating tarts and keeping an eye on everything that's going on. And, you know, she would have been in Co-Park with us and the fact that she was missing as well um, 
you know, and the, she was put up on the, the screen as well. Um, I think it was during the semi-final um, in Crow Park. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a, bit, a bit of personal reasons. I, think, I suppose it probably did get emotional, but look, the, the win itself was fantastic and the girls were brilliant that day as well. So, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for being so open and honest with it, Martin. If I'm to ask you then to narrow it down to the top moment of 2022, just to pick the one, what would you pick? Oh, it has to be the All-Ireland. Well, when I say the All-Ireland final, I mean that whole weekend, Shane, um, from the day that you're in Crow Park, getting to play the All-Ireland, winning... Being out on the field with the players afterwards, getting the interviews on the pitch in Crow Park, getting the atmosphere in the dressing room afterwards, and they all sitting around in a circle in the warm-up area, your Duffy Cup in the middle, and they sing in the Rose of Moonkine. Um, but, I mean, even the homecoming was uh, something special. I know Ken and Robbie and the gang were down at the courthouse, um, and the bus came down, the open-top bus, and I suppose we had Marty Morrissey in on the bus with it as well, uh, and he couldn't actually believe the crowds that turned out to it and that it was in the courthouse, and it made it so special as well. Um, but that that whole weekend, the All-Ireland itself, and that whole weekend was something special and something that we probably won't forget for a very long time. So that would, to top it off, the All-Ireland final win would be my top moment. But as I say, the ancillaries then around it with the, the whole lot with the weekend and the homecoming. Yeah, it, it was something special. Well, Martin, we're going to play a clip from the end of that All-Ireland final. Thank you for being so open and honest with us. Thank you to yourself, Anya and Lillian for your fantastic love and appreciation and coverage of Camogie in 2022. Long may it continue in 2023. Happy New Year to you, sir. Well... Before you play that clip now, and it's not always in this, but yourself and Robbie do so much work in the background, especially during commentaries. And we mightn't always get the names right, but I mean, you drive it as much as we do as well. And without G there, and you know, if anything goes wrong in the background or keeping our levels up to date, or if we're dropping or anything and letting us know things, I, I mean, because the whole team is there, and um, it's not just the people that's out on the road doing the commentaries. So, you know, you don't always get the, the praise and accolades as well. So from our point of view, being out on the road, we thank you in the studio for helping us to drive what goes on uh, on match days as well. So, yeah, thank you very much to Shane and to Robbie and all the gang back at base as well. Ah, shucks, you're having me in tears. Mary Quilty there, ladies and gentlemen, with some lovely words, and you can hear his lovely words as Kilkenny once again captured the O'Duffy Cup in 2022. KCLR. At the heart of local sports. She's fighting for it. Here comes Ashley Thompson. She's heading in for the goal. She's taking a shot. She's putting it in. It's going, and it's gone to the right and yes. wide. It's gone wide. It's gone wide. Ray Kelly is calling, is he? Yes. It's all over! It's over! Can Kelly have done it? They have beaten Cork in Crow Park by a solitary point. 113 to Kenny, 112 to Cork. Oh, you fatty. What a bloody result for the Kilkenny team. They deserve it. Sum up the game for us. Oh, do you know what? These guys. <laughs> 
these girls, they, they give you, they give you a mild heart attack there, but you have to say, mild you know, heart attack. I'm gone. Listen, I think let's be fair to everybody. They've been the team of the championship throughout the whole year. Every single one of these girls deserve it. They're an absolute credit to their clubs, their families, their friends, everyone. The exhilaration in their faces out there. If anybody deserves this, this group of girls does. You're very welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. As you're very much aware, we're running down some of the best moments in 2022 between golf, between GAA matches that we've covered, soccer matches, rugby matches, and a bit of horse racing as well when we're at the Goffs Tieste's Chase. And that leads me very nicely to the next man, who pretty much encompasses all those sports that I've been talking about. The host of Scoreline on Friday nights, Mr. Edward Scally. Eddie, how are you doing, sir? I'm brilliant, Shane. Happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas and a happy new year. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, no, look, it was brilliant. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's a great time of year spending it with family and just getting a bit of a breather. So, no, it was, it was brilliant. And I, and I know you wintered well as well. So <laughs> Always do. We're all coming out the other side of it too. <laughs> yeah, hibernation is well and truly on. Eddie, um, this is pretty much your idea to kind of look back at all... The great moments that we've experienced locally here in Kilkenny and Carlow. And we've heard some great stories and some great moments that some people may have forgotten. But you've had a good few moments that a lot of people won't forget. Certainly a whole community won't forget in terms of Scott Faustine and what you've accomplished with the Blacks and Whites. And then, of course, from a horse racing perspective, so many great race days happening out in Gorham Park and the return of fans. It'll be hard for you to pick just one, I'd imagine. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> you know, genuinely, and and this is the truth. When we were talking about this before Christmas, and we were looking at putting, you know, the the iconic moments of the year, and like like for me personally, there was so many like the Camogie girls going the whole year on beating and winning the All Ireland, the All Ireland hurling final this year. Like I was at the game, uh, Limerick against Kilkenny. It was just a brilliant game. I know Kilkenny didn't win the game. But I don't think they lost anything in the feed either. It was just, you know, it was just an unbelievable day. And even a couple of weeks ago, Ballygunner against Ballyhale Shamrocks. You know, Ballyhale had had, you know, a really tough year again in the club. Lost their chairman, a couple of ex-players as well. And it was a really tough year for the club. They were beaten in the All-Ireland final and, you know, horrible way to lose the game as well. Last puck of the game. And they put that ghost to bed, you know, just before Christmas with an absolutely brilliant performance in Crow Park. And, you know, for me, it was an iconic moment. They're a club I'm so proud you know, to, to help out with in small ways. I do little bits for them with fundraising and stuff, but they're just a brilliant club. And, you know, to see what they've done this year and, and just their accomplishments, it'll never be matched what they've achieved. But from a personal level in myself, you know, like Blacks and Whites winning the junior championship this year, winning the, winning, winning the county final against Wine Gap, you know, for me personally, it was, you know, one of my favourite moments in, in, in sport in my life. It was just a brilliant, brilliant moment to full-time whistle in the game. But the party afterwards back out on Walsh Park and the, the the show the whole club put on for me and all the players like we'll never forget that it's going to be life memory so that's you know right up there if you're asking me for my favourite sport and moment of the year you know it's it's going to be a joint one it's, it's, it's definitely the Blacks and Whites winning the junior junior county title this year and then equal in that as well Goss Tiesta's day it's a massive massive day for Gorham Park but this year it was the first event hosted in Ireland straight after the COVID restrictions had been lifted. So we got notification on a Friday that from the following Monday, we could start going back to almost full attendances. So, you know, seven days later, we're racing Piesta's Day here, KCLR out here taking the whole day in live, 
you know, my team, in fairness to the guys, we went from planning an event for 500 people to planning an event for as many as we could fit. It was it was just brilliant. And, and, and the day went so well. Longhouse Pole winning the, day, the big race as well. Look, it was just it was just an iconic day. And it was, it's a strange, it's been a really strange couple of years. And I suppose that was a brilliant start to the year for us. It was the end of COVID as we knew it. Um, it was the end for us, and it was just—it oh, was just—it was just absolutely—it was brilliant. The sunshine, really, like it was really a gorgeous sunny day as well. Uh, everything was just unbelievable with it. Just uh, looking at the Tiestes uh, chase, I just want to deal with this part first because I was there the year when there was no fans there, and you kept kind of telling me about the aura that is generally around Gorham Park when it happens, and even though the 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 race still went ahead and you still had your winners and you had a bit of a parade and all that kind of stuff. It, it it didn't feel like this big majestic event that it certainly felt like this year. And that was my first time experiencing the event with a capacity crowd. Just before the the big race, the race that stops the county itself, I was up in the stands, tic-tacking back with the people in KCLR, just feeling the atmosphere there. And it was very special for me to get to experience that because knowing how much it meant to you, knowing how much it means to the county in itself, uh, just having people there, everyone with smiles on their faces getting to see it, it was just an amazing experience. Let's have a listen back to that just about now. Shane O'Keefe is out in the stands. Shane, what's the atmosphere like there out in the stands? Yes, the calm before the storm, really. People are just absolutely cannot wait for this moment to happen. It didn't happen last year in terms of fans being here. Coco Beach coming away with the winner. All eyes will be on the likes of Gordon Elliott, Willie Moore. Mullins, Henry de Bombhead, Willie Mullins searching for his eighth Tyestes chase, of course, winning it for the first time back in 2000, I believe, with Mikko's dream. But this race has such history. 1954, the first time it ever went to post. And now here we are once again in 2022, being able to experience this amongst all these people. I actually have shivers, Brian. That's how much this means to me from a sporting context. Not having any fans in attendance or not having a capacity crowd in attendance, this is truly something to behold. It's amazing. Well, they're off and running. We'll go over to the live commentary here at Gorham Park. Coco Beach from Longhouse Poet, Mr. Folk Patches, pushed up in between them. Escaria tens cutting through the field. Franco de Port is on the outside of Dale Kerr, weakening at Scarlet and Dove, dropping back. Is he Clark to rear? They're at the third last fence and they're spread across it. Coco Beach from Longhouse Poet, Mr. Folk Patches there on the far side. On the stand side, Frank of the Port with Deal Kerr and Escaria 10, the second last. Mr. Folk Patches at Longhouse Port, they're spread across the track. Frank of the Port, the near side of Deal Kerr coming to the final fence in the Gulf Sayers days. And the leader is just Frank of the Port on the near side of Longhouse Port. These two inside the 550 yards. Longhouse Port, Dan O'Keefe from the far side. So Frank of the Port, Longhouse Port wins the Gulf Sayers days for. Daniel Keith and Martin Brazel, who last won it with number six Van Verney back in the 90s. Frank and Report, Mr. Folk Patches, and Dale Kerr chased home the winner. It'd give you chills, Mr. Scally, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's unbelievable, unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> and no, it's, it's, no. Go on, sorry. You're having that going ahead now on the 26th of January 2023. Tickets are on sale early. What, about two weeks ago, I'd imagine? The day, Jed, tickets went on sale just ahead of Christmas. We've done the, the early bird offer, so I think there's still some early bird tickets out there now. So it's it's, it's a great time. Pick them up, and it's, it's one of the best race days of the year. 
Now, going back to what you accomplished with Blacks and Whites and winning that junior final, we can go into tactics and different things like that and all, but what was it like, say, in the community afterwards? I know everyone was happy and everyone was joyous, but did anyone kind of pull you aside and just kind of give you a bit of insight into how much it really meant? Because you would say yourself you're a blow-in. Like, did you get really a real understanding on how much this meant to the community? I did. Like, when we when we beat Pilltown in the county semi-final, I remember straight after the game, we were leaving, and we were leaving quite quickly. I can't remember why I was in such a rush to leave, because I know the, the Ballyhale game was on after us, but we were leaving quite quickly as a team, and there was a man grabbed me by the arm and just pulled me back and discreetly handed me a sheet of paper. That's all it was. And he said, you know, he was an old man. He just nodded his head and he said, that's, that's for you. And I, I, I kind of walked out into the car park. Uh, I got into the car. One of the selectors was driving Rory. And when I opened it, he'd written down and he typed it out, like quotes from some great managers like Brian Cody and whatnot. And on the bottom of it, he said, keep it going for us all, you know. And this, this was just some random person. And I actually put that in our players group the next day. And I just said, you know, there's lots of outside noise, but sometimes you see something like this and it really touches you. You know, when I seen that man at the full-time whistle in the county final and he was in the stand behind where I was. I turned around to the stand a couple of seconds after because I wanted to say hello to my own kids and he was there and I could see him wiping a tear away from his eye and I went over to him and I thanked him for the letter that he'd handed me and he just said, look, you know, I'm a Scott man all my life and, and, and the joy you're bringing me. I think he had a nephew on the team and he had a niece playing camogie with us and it meant the world to him and that, that meant the world to me um, what that man done and it was such a small gesture on his behalf but it was the only thing that I brought into my players group and said, look, I want you to see this because I wanted to read the quotes as he was coming. But when we came back to the club that night, the one thing that blew me away was the community effort. You know, they brought in caterers to serve the food, but it was the locals of the parish put up a load of desserts. There was the local lads working behind the bar. Every young lad in the club was back, you know, dancing with the band and the DJ and, you know, the players out dancing with all the kids and everything. But it was, as a club, we were using winning the county title to keep our club to keep our club pushing forward to attract more young people into the club but as Ronnie said on commentary you know he said I believe they're food ready for 200 people back out in Tom Walsh Park they're going to need to get ready for 500 he hit the nail on the head you know and that was the truth it was I know Chap Clare the local councillor said it to me at one stage he was laughing like he's a massive black and white man and he said uh he said, Jesus, in the last sense, he said, I think there was 440. He said, there's about 4,000 of us there tonight, you know. So it was just, it was just, it, it meant the world to us all. And look, isn't it great for, for a small parish to, to be still doing it at the top table? Yeah, it's just a, a huge thing. I could really kind of sense it even in the crowd and hearing the roar of the crowd when the final whistle happened. But Eddie, we're going to give you that special compensation of picking your top two moments because you were involved in such huge feats around the county. But... But you'll be stepping away from Kilkenny County and you're going to be managing Baglestown Gales next year. How are you feeling about that, Eddie? I was a bit shocked when I heard the news. Not shocked that you're going to be involved with Baglestown Gales. Just I, I didn't know you were going to step back into management so soon. Yeah, um, look, <clears throat> the opportunity came my way. Um, Baglestown is very close to where I'm living anyway. Like where I live just between Gorn and, 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 and Skiak, it's it's only kind of 10, 15 minutes out the road so it was, it was an easy move for me um, myself and Breed had a good chat about it and she said look you know if, I'm, if I was happy to do it to drive on and, and in fairness to Bangladesh Gales I think they're a, they're a brilliant up and coming young team there's a nice sprinkling of some older players there and you know meeting with the, the, the chairman and, and, and the lads in the club I'm, I'm just really excited to get going now to be honest I can't wait 
Yeah, like there was a seemed to be riding a crest of a wave there last year until they got to the final against St Mullins. St Mullins, obviously a team with such history and allure within Carlos Senior Hurling and some amazing players to boot as well. Do you really think you can do one step better now and not just reach the final, but go on then and claim another county championship like you did last season? Well, look, that's going to be the aim starting out. I'm sure there's there's going to be six teams in Carlos starting training in the next couple of weeks and the whole lot of us are going to be aiming for the same thing. I don't think there's a huge gap between any of the clubs in Carlo being being honest. I think St. Mullins and Mountain Leinster Rangers have a little bit of a head start on, on everybody else, but I don't see any reason why why we can't keep pressing on and you know, our target will be to try and win the championship. There'll be no point in doing it if I didn't think we could and I think we're more than capable of doing it. So hopefully we'll give it a right good rattle. Well, we're going to give this a rattle as well and maybe the people in Bagnallstown will be able to gather hope from what you accomplished with Blacks and Whites. Eddie, best of luck for the next year with Bagnallstown Guild, but let's have a listen back to what you accomplished with the Blacks and Whites in Kilkenny. 30 seconds left if you're going by the referees. Four minutes. Wine Gap struggling. Blacks and Whites are flying it. 117 to 17. Wine Gaps have cedar sight. A famous victory is on the cards. The Wine Gap men were warm favourites. This is a dangerous ball in the top of the full back line. The for, the for the Blacks and Whites. Taken by the man Michael Crow. Crow 32. Gives it out to Joe Kelly. Kelly comes up the wing. Eddie Dial is jumping in front of it. A loose ball. Taken. Joe Kelly has it. It's oh! all over. Eddie Dial and Blacks and Whites are gone queer, Scally's gone queer, he's never ran as fast, Ryan Murphy's going for an all-star, blacks and whites, there was 300 going for a meal in blacks and whites, there'll be 500 in it this evening, they've won the JJ Kavanagh Junior and Championship, you can hear the crowd, they're so thrilled, they're so delighted, Wine Gap so disappointed, a victory that wasn't in the cards, a victory that wasn't there before the opening game, a victory that many people didn't anticipate, Taggy. Absolute scenes here, Ronnie, I can't believe it. I tell you, um, Eddie Scally could have gave Usain Bolt a, a, a test for, for a sprint there for the last 10 seconds. Unbelievable scenes. Uh, Blackson White's credit versus credits is true. They have been very good all day today. Yes, Wingap got their, their purple patch, but didn't make enough in, in the last 10, 15 minutes of the second half. A brilliant, brilliant display of hurling. In general, Wingap will be devastated. Blackson Heights after winning the county final since 2009. They're absolutely uh, they're absolutely over the moon. The crowd here in front of us can't believe it. Michael Crow Maloney, the full-back, has got man of the match here, but I have to say, Ryan Murphy must have been one of the leading contenders. All over the field, Taggy, they had a lot of warriors. I see Pat Nolan, a stall, stall worked with blacks and whites the blacks and whites men there as I said 250 people going to for a meal in Tom Walsh Park make that 500 start cooking a bit more start buying a bit more food and start getting in the drink because there will be jubilation scenes in blacks and whites in Skiak Faustine this season Pat Nolan thinks he's getting the cup he's coming across Pat it's the captain's getting the cup the captain is Michael Crow Maloney he's so happy they're so thrilled Wine Gap will be so disappointed nobody as I said seen that coming the sc- CLR. Welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, here with you until six o'clock. Now, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by a man who helped get me fit in 2022 and may be able to help get others fit in 2023 through talking to me here on KCLR, giving some tips and tricks. One of Ireland's strongest men, Mr. Davy Jones. Davy, how are you, sir? I'm good now, Shane, and you? Happy New Year to you. I'm sure you're off trade and legs are pulling a truck somewhere. 
saved you. I was in this morning doing a bit there, yeah, getting the body moving again. Mad, absolutely mad. It's not new year, new you, so it's just same old, same old. Same yeah, same old, guys. We all have different goals and, you know, we all have different things to improve on. So, yeah, just I try to be consistent as I can throughout the year of my own training and try and push that with other people as well, not like, not to go too fads and just to stick to what's working and keep doing it. And that's uh, the main thing, consistency. Dave, I have a message in here about uh, uh, someone who basically saying that they're too conscious of their fitness to kind of get into the gym in, uh, I, I presume, in 2023 or just in general. And I've had this kind of, in my life, dealing with different family members or friends who are self-conscious about their body because they don't go to the gym, but they don't go to the gym because they're self-conscious of their body. What can people do to get over that mental hurdle? I suppose it's, you just have to, a lot of people get caught up in the sense of that a gym is, um, people with blonde hair walking around with the tops off and six packs and stuff like that and it's not like that at all it's everyday people in there and we're all trying to improve and, and just get a bit better each day but yeah it's very really daunting in the sense of going in the first day and I've dealt with a lot of people over the last 10 years of coming in the first day they're very they're very nervous you know it's very nerve wracking I suppose you just have to take that that step and go out and get some help off someone that's going to show you what to do and if you're you're not sure what to do and, 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 and go from there and, and it'll be the, the best step you ever made. Uh, 2023, you're generally going to see at the start of a new year a lot of people kind of getting ingrained within the gym and the gym culture and stuff, but is it, is it would it be fair to say that people need to temper their expectations when they get started and not get disheartened by not getting immediate results? Yeah, exactly. A lot of people just Sure, they might put on a bit of weight over Christmas or whatever it be, and they want that weight gone yesterday. You know what I mean? So, um, the main thing is like just try to stay consistent with it, and it's nothing's going to happen overnight. And we don't want anything to happen overnight. We don't want drastic amounts of weight loss or anything like that because that's just that's bad for our body. You know, that's mostly dehydration and stuff like that. We lose that weight very fast. But um, yes, yeah, so we just want slow improvements and people educating themselves. And getting educated towards how to live a better lifestyle, how to live a healthier lifestyle and feel better overall. And feeling better overall would come with coming into the gym with this mental kind of strength, knowing that other people in the gym don't really care about what you're doing. If you, if you get what I'm, what I'm saying, other patrons, because people go to the gym they're all doing so to work on themselves. They have no interest in, say, body shaming people and you'll probably spend more time observing them to see if they're looking at you. And they're not, you know. People are there to focus on themselves and people need to focus on themselves when they go and not not have that kind of conscious image of going, oh, I'm not able to lift what this other person's lifting. They're probably laughing at me. And that's something that I've experienced uh, for from family members going to the gym with them or just being an observer of it happening. Yeah, exactly. People get a lot very caught up in themselves a bit too much of being conscious of themselves and you know yourself and how we operate. We're all everyone's on the one board, everyone's there trying to improve themselves and get a little bit better each week from the most fittest people to the most unfittest people. You know, everyone's on the same board and no one looks anyway different than anyone else and everyone is there trying to improve. But yeah, some people just get too caught up in the sense of oh, someone's going to be looking at me doing this, or I can't do this at the moment, and he or she is doing so much more than me. But that's so much more. It just takes time to build up, and then you'll be at that stage. It just takes a little bit of time and effort, and you um, basically not getting too obsessed or obsessed with what other people are doing. 
Yeah, and it's always a mental battle as well when you see that kind of thing going, oh, I want to look like that person or, you know, uh, coming in with a photo, you know, like when you're getting a haircut going, make me look like this. Uh, From your perspective, then you're probably, as a business, going to be dealing with an influx of people who want to kind of change whatever body appearance that they may have or change their fitness for whatever thing that they're training for as well. So how do you deal with people on an individual basis then who are all coming in in a massive capacity with different goals? Yes, everyone has different goals and everyone has different abilities as well with them goals. So everyone's story is going to be so so different. Like someone could come in to me and, you know, it could be as simple as an, an elder, elder person coming in to be able to walk up the stairs a bit better to someone wanting to shave time off a marathon time. Like it's totally different aspects of fitness and just, just you no know, lifestyle. But like we said, <clears throat> everyone has their own goal. Everyone has their own way of starting and getting going so like we were just saying there a few minutes ago don't worry about anyone else and start your own and then as long as you're improving each week via piece of exercise through nutrition how you feel physically and mentally that's all that matters yeah the mental aspect is a, a huge component of it um Debbie, from a personal perspective as well, me and you have set out on kind of different journeys throughout as you being a personal trainer and me trying to get into the whole personal training thing. And I have to say, the the last 10 weeks, I found it quite difficult due to, uh, uh, and we go into people's personal experience now, due to my mobility and my lack of thereof. Um, and that's something that you're going to have to deal with different people who maybe like myself have gone a bit too hard on the body over the years without taking any particular interest in the likes of stretching or anything like that. So I would classify myself as a bit of a difficult customer for for some people to kind of deal with as well. Do you find that much in the sense of people around the, say, early 30s up to mid-40s or anything that they can't actually do what they want their body to do because they're lacking in certain things of of mobility? Yeah, exactly, or lacking anything. Do you know what I mean? Some people have a lot of things going on where they can't do certain things that they've have done in the past and want to get back to that straight away. Like yourself with the running, like you were doing a lot of, um, well, you know, one stage and then <clears throat> little injury after little injury all led to you not being allowed to run and <clears throat> your, your mobility being the issue as we addressed that. And, you know, like I was saying to you a while back, it'll take a bit of time for you to get going again because otherwise it'll happen of going to run and in, in your scenario, and then getting injured again, and then being back to square one again. But um, yeah, all the time we get people like that, and I'm one of those people at the moment, I have injury, a back injury at the moment, and, and I'm frustrated that I can't go and lift the kind of stuff that I want to lift, but I know I know that it's, uh, it's going to be a slow process, and you know it's going to take me a few months to get back to where I need to be, and it's just part of training, unfortunately. A lot of people that come in, you know, they have certain issues or injuries or had certain surgeries or whatever it be and they need to build themselves up slowly small steps before big steps kind of thing and that's why I kind of wanted to segue into your own personal journey as well because you've had highs and you've had lows due to injury say you got to compete over in the UK but one of the big things here is that we got to go down and see yourself in action and see a whole host of what Ireland has to offer in the form of Ireland's strongest man happening down in your own gym during the summer yeah that was great I that was, was good to have it in Kakenia. That was two weeks after I came back from the UK and did UK Strongest Man. That was my first ever professional show. And yeah, I broke myself up over there, tore bicep, tore anterior delts. And yeah, me 
should have known more came back two weeks later and thought it was he man and thought it was going to be able to compete again but tore the muscles again retore them again and then yeah that's what leads me to six months later still being here still being injured and still not being back to where I was so I improved the pudding showing that you know small steps over longer periods of time is better than taking big jumps yeah, certainly is. And we'll have a listen back to one of those moments as well from the strong man as well. But David, you put it to me going doing another 10 weeks now after all that mobility stretching over Christmas and maybe a bit too much eating Twix and Snickers is from the celebration boxes. So we're going to embark on another 10 weeks at the start of 2023, it seems. Yeah, and hopefully now we can get you mobile enough where you're able to cover a good um, mileage every week and you know, you're having no issues. The main thing with yourself is, you, like you said to me before, you enjoy running. You're trying the physical and the mental aspect of it, so we need to get get you back running without any pain, obviously, and not be running today and then injured tomorrow. We want to get you back running full-time with, with no injuries. And people can follow that along on scoreline.ie. Week 10 is up as well after you put me through my paces on your Davy Jones 1,000-rep leg day challenge, <laughs> which I'm still recovering from, but I could feel the strength in my legs still kind of pumping through veins. That was a great day. That was in fairness, you know, that was that was hard and you pushed through it like a champ. That was a fun, fun day. And so it was the day that you had down in Davy Jones Fitness. Uh, Davy, we're going to hear from Nicky Wen, who would have uh, won the first competition that you held down there as well. Do you know, Do you, would you know Nicky well or could, what's his story and who ended up winning on the day? Um, yeah, Nicky won the first event there on the day and yet yeah, he would have been actually at a high level of strongman in, in Ireland when I started about 10 years ago, and Nicky, me and Jeff and Nicky would have um, trained in the same gym down in New Ross um, years ago when I started. That's the very first gym I started training about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I'd say now even. And yeah, Nicky was at a high level there. He's come back um, to do start back into the strongman. Um, in the last two or three years, he was out for a few years with injuries, the same kind of thing. And uh, he's back at now, and he won the first event, tire flip event. I think it was in the first event. And yeah, he's back now, and he's he's trying to for twenty twenty three now, trying to push forward towards higher rankings now in Ireland. We're going to hear Robbie caught up with Nicky. Uh, Davy, thanks very much for contributing on KCLR over 2022. We look forward to hearing more of your tidbits in 2023. But this is Nicky Whelan at The Strongman talking to our own Robbie Dowlin. I'm here at the Republic of Ireland's Strongest Man at Davy Jones Fitness being held today at Davy Jones Fitness as I said on on Saturday in a nice balmy day in Kilkenny I'm here joined by Nicky Whelan who won today's first event Nicky congratulations on winning the first event were you happy with your performance? Yeah happy enough with the performance um, I'm pretty good at that event so I was kind of half expecting to win but yet still you can't rule out any other competitors Davy is there very very good competitor and very good at tyre flip as well but it takes a lot more than strength with that event as you've probably seen it's a lot of endurance as well like so and you have to be very fired up those tyres are over 400 kilos in weight and if you give them too much respect it won't end up good for you when you're coming into a competition like this you said that maybe you were expecting of you know going well in the first event how important is it that you set your stall out early and that you do set a foundation in place going on to later events the first event is huge um if you can win the first event you can kind of dictate what you need to do throughout the competition because now the second event will be the tire the truck bull i'll be outlasting that so i know exactly what i need to do and so on and so on that's the way it kind of operates how much of a bonus is that being outlast getting to see how the other people involved go and then maybe assess things and you know adapting to what they've done it's huge because you will see a lot of the 
inexperienced competitors coming in and they'll give 110% on every single event. The advantage of going out last is you don't have to really blow a gasket if you don't have to. So you only literally do what you have to do to stay ahead of the posse as such. Tom Stallman done it at World's Strongest Man this year and he ended up winning the event by 11 and a half pints in the final where he was just cruising in second place right up to the last event and then on he went so I mean it's 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 a massive advantage but it's very tactical as well like from top to bottom like you can't just come in and think you're going to just blitz the whole field it's a thinking man's game as well you know that, that's interesting because I think it's not what a lot of people would associate with strongman I suppose we just look at the events and think you go do as best as you can and see where you finish at the end but the tactical side of things is crucial when you're at this elite level isn't it it's huge it's huge and it's what would I say like to win an event you get 10 points to come second you get 9 so I mean if you know that you are so far ahead of another competitor who's in second place you'll only do what you have to do to get ahead like you're not going to win any special trophies for beating winning the thing by 10 points or 1 point it's the same thing and looking forward to this afternoon's events now what's what ones do you think maybe you're strong at and what ones do you think you'll have to maybe try and just do your best at and make sure that you're still in the running I will be strong um, the truck pole here I'll be strong with stones um, I will be looking at placing mid table on the dumbbell and then I'll do what I have to do on the deadlift hold and just for yourself your own career you said that you're I spoke to you just before the interview and you said that you're in the UK three or four times um, is your hope now to try and go on I know you've never actually won this won this event is your hope to really just go on and try and win it this year simple as that yeah this is uh, this competition means a massive amount to me here today it's my dad's 10 year anniversary of his death yesterday so I'd like to honour to him to do this uh, I done this competition the day after he died 10 years ago and I played second to Kilkenny's James Fenley and I would like to go on one further and win it well that, that was great to hear and obviously we wish you the very best of luck with that uh, just before I let you go um, just the event generally you, you said that means a lot to you just for strongman in general to see the crowd out here today how important is it to try and grow the sport it's huge this sport, this sport is only scratching at the surface at the moment you go to England and you're going to get 10,000 fans in the arena watching this and that's what we aim for here as well and there's no reason why we can't do it well Nicky the very best of luck with the later events this afternoon and thanks for talking to me today thank you very much You're very welcome back to Scoreline. As you know, we've been counting down some of the best moments in 2022 in the world of sport on KCLR as we look ahead to another action-packed year with 2023 just about arriving. Now, I'm delighted to be joined here by Mr. Brian Redmond. Brian, thank you very much. Hopefully you had a great Christmas. I did, yeah. I'm a little bit bigger than I was <laughs> the last time we were chatting before Christmas. But sure, hopefully uh, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, we'll get rid of the sprouts and the roast potatoes and everything else. But it's no, all way. good. It's Looking forward way. to... Uh, a great new year please God for everybody yeah it should be a fantastic 2023 as you're quite aware we did 157 live games on KCLR we've upped our sporting content in terms of updates throughout the day and different shows happening on Friday and Saturday as we warm up and then yeah. as we warm down on the on the Monday I mean it's a phenomenal task I mean to, to, to cover that amount of live coverage uh, the sports team here at KCLR do a fantastic job um, you know we've we've got 
like nationwide people that do sports all over the country and they'd have massive massive teams and the amount of output that Scoreline Ken, yourself Robbie all the guys involved um, do is just absolutely fantastic so uh, long may it continue yeah well we're looking back on some of the great moments that we've had and we've talked to the different contributors over Scoreline over the past while but I wanted to get your perspective of it as well because we used to do the breakfast buffet chat on sports as well and we're always chatting about sports in the office would you have a top moment that you've experienced with Casey Lauren in 2022 now I say experience with Casey Lauren in 2022 because I don't want you to talk about Dublin's relegation or anything (laughs) like that you know we didn't cover that too much you know out of respect to yourself (laughs) thank you very much but uh, do you coming in to the Kilkenny and Carlow area you're very much aware that there's this huge passion for sports whatever it may be so is there any particular moment that stood out for you over 2022 yeah I mean like when you talk about sporting moments you know we've got obviously the, the, the stuff that happens at national level or we've got you know Irish sports men and women who are doing massive massively successful abroad um, you know so there's a few bits and pieces I mean from my own personal perspective you've got you know great to see Rory getting back to the type of form that you'd expect Rory to be in yeah. golfing was week in week out so that was great you know there's a, there's, a, there's a little sort of sense that there's a there's a, there's a group coming up behind him as well the likes of Seamus Power and stuff like that in the golfing world so Irish golfing has been very very healthy for the last probably two decades and it looks like that will continue um, on a personal level to see uh, the revival of Manchester United uh, <laughs> under Eric Ten Hag has been very 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 pleasing, but I think the the, the thing for me, um, you know, as as a Dublin man, um, I've been very very fortunate to see the success that Dublin have had on the the GA football field over the last. 10, 15 years. Um, but actually, the one thing for me that's really struck me down in you know, working in Casey Law and Kelly and Carlo over the last sort of three or four years, but particularly this year, was how important sports and particularly GAA sport is to the community. I was absolutely flabbergasted when the team here at KCLR went full on action stations as Kilkenny the senior hurling team qualified for the All-Ireland final um, there was meetings every you know probably two meetings a day of sports meetings specifically but also station wide meetings and it was like it was like a sort of papal visit if you like there was a blueprint <laughs> role that we always do this we always do that there's this happening there we've got to think about the homecoming we've got to get out and get the vox pops from the kids in the schools we've got this quiz going on and I was just wow and initially, I felt myself sitting there going, oh, this is a bit overkill. This is a bit too much. Surely the listeners, the people of Kilkenny in particular on that occasion, don't want that much sports coverage. Um, on what is a very important match, a very, very big deal, it's a bit too much, isn't it? And everybody kept assuring me, no, 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 no. And they were right. The amount of people that buy into their team right across the country in GA sense, whether it's their actual club or their county in this case, is phenomenal. And I'd never experienced that as a Dublin GA fan. Even Dublin going All-Ireland Finals? Or no, anything? it's not the same. It's nowhere near the same. You're like, when we qualify for an All-Ireland Final, you know, you'll see a little bit of an uptake in, in guys and girls wearing you know, GA jerseys, Dublin jerseys in the build-up to the match. But realistically for us, is if, if throw-in is three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, it probably kicks off about 12 o'clock on that day. Yeah. You'll start to see people, if you're out driving around the place, you'll start to see people at bus stops and you'll notice, oh God, there's 10, 20 people there wearing, ah, oh, they're going to the match. Oh yeah, God, yeah. I must get home to watch the match. I better hurry up and get the shopping done. And that's really 
the extent of it. But the way KCLR and particularly the Scoreline team um, encapsulate that atmosphere that, that is around a big final like that um, and are there not just to sort of I suppose feed off that atmosphere but KCLR is part of it you know giving out the times that the buses are going up to the match on the day keeping an eye on specialist traffic reports on the day of the final being there at the homecoming win or lose um, going out and speaking to the kids it's just absolutely phenomenal and um not surprisingly, I was proved wrong because for every single bit of All-Ireland Final output that we put out over that two-week period, it was about two weeks to ten days really between the semi-final and the final, um, it was just lapped up, whether it was on socials, whether it was on scoreline, um, whether it was on air here at KCLR, they just apt, and everybody buys into it. It's the, it's the, it's the sports shows, obviously, the talk shows buy into it, and the, the music and general entertainment shows buy into it. So that was a real surprise for me, and quite heartwarming, something I'd never experienced as a Dublin GAA fan, and although I'm not... Uh, I'm not allowed I suppose to wear a Kilkenny GA jersey like, from either the Dublin side or the Kilkenny's what are you wearing that for uh, it was beautiful to actually see it could you imagine if we actually won the thing <laughs> well of course the girls went on a couple of weeks later Certainly and I thought did. that was absolutely fantastic as well because you know as we sort of touched on it was like oh I'm sitting at home watching the results and um, it was like, oh, so the homecoming will be off tomorrow. No, no, homecoming's still going ahead. They'll go out and they'll commiserate with the team and, you know, try and G them up for next year. And that was quite nice, but obviously a little bit of a damp squib towards the end of it. But for them mm. to get the girls to go and, and, and lift the trophy a couple of weeks later um, was brilliant, absolutely fantastic. And the footballers who won the All-Ireland, they got to go out on, at the homecoming as well. The under-20s that Derek That's right, King yeah. managed went out as well. And now Derek Ling being in charge of the Kilkenny senior team going forward. So hopefully you'll have a chance to experience that again in 2023 and all the builds up and we'll be starting off with the Walsh Cup coming yeah. up in the, the next few weeks under lights in Wexford Park and that's when the coverage begins on air but it has started three, four months before about yeah. preparing for the next season. So Brian, thank you very much for regaling us on some of those tales. We're going to play a bit from our build up and this is us out in Ballyhale. Up the cats. Talking to some there of you the go, I actually there said we go. it. There we go, we're going to keep that there. That's Brian Redmond. You can hear him on the Breakfast Buffet. You can hear him doing loads of different things on KCLR over the next year. Big plans for him and big plans for KCLR Sport. Let's look back at some of the great times though before we start planning forward. KCLR At the heart of local sports Now we're out here on day one of the cool camp in Freshford um, Are you having a great morning so far? Yeah, it's a brilliant morning so it is Okay, really enjoying it Is everyone in great form now with Kilkenny yeah. after booking their place in an All-Ireland final? Yeah, brilliant yeah. Can't wait You can't wait Did you see the match? You did? Uh, yes, I went to go back to see it You were up at it What was the atmosphere like up there? Oh, it was brilliant so it was Brilliant, all the fans shouting and roaring It's just brilliant uh, have you a favourite player? Oh, TJ Reid. What kind of a game did you think he had on Saturday? Uh, well, I thought he uh, he scored 0 10, so I thought he had a brilliant match on Saturday. Yeah. So, what about the final now? What do you think Kilkenny's chances oh, are? I don't know. I think they'll have a good chance, but I don't know now. I won't know until the match is over. Okay. Limerick are a series team, aren't yeah, they? they are. <laughs> so they are, yeah. We're out here on day one of the cool camps in Freshford. Um, group of ladies here. Are you all from in and around Freshford in this general area? You are? Yes. Okay, and how's your morning been so far? Good. Lots of Kilkenny fans, I assume. Are we a full group of Kilkenny fans? Were you all watching the match of the weekend? Yeah. Um, how about yourself? Did you see the match on Saturday? Yeah. What did you think? 
It was good. Okay, we're happy to have Kilkenny back in an All-Ireland final. Yeah. Yeah, any more than that? Did you have anyone stand out for you? Have you a favourite player on the Kilkenny team? No. <laughs> no favourites, none at all. How about yourself? Uh, all the ones from Tullerone. Okay, no, so, well, I guess where you're from then. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the match Saturday? Good, we were at it. You were up at it in Croke Park. Was it great to be back in Croke Park again? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and fingers crossed for the final then. Will you get tickets, do you think? Um, Mummy and Daddy aren't around to bring us. I might go with my cousins. So I think okay. that's what we're doing. Okay. How about yourself? Have you a favourite Kilkenny player? Um, TJ, maybe. Okay, what did you think of him on Saturday? Yeah, it was really good. Okay, he had a great game, didn't he? Man of the match performance. Yeah. Now we're here in St Kieran's College, day one of the Cool Camps. I'm joined by Candice. How's it been going so far? Uh, yeah, it's been great. Okay, what have you been doing all morning? I've been playing hurling, rounders. Tell me about the match last Saturday. Uh, yeah, I don't think Clare showed up. Okay. <laughs> I think Kilkenny played well though. They had a, they needed a good game because they haven't played well in three games. Okay, so what about the final now? What do you think their chances are in two weeks' time against Limerick? So I don't think they'll win. Uh, hello, my name is Joshua. How are you getting on so far this morning, Joshua? Uh, we did gorge. We did a few drills. We did rounders and of two hurling matches. Okay, and you enjoying it? Yeah. Okay, what about the Kilkenny match? Did you get to see it on Saturday? Watched it at home on the TV. I saw Kilkenny played very well and Clare were poor. Okay, and what do you think about Kilkenny's chances in the final? Not a hope. Okay, you think Limerick are going to win? Yeah. Welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, looking back on 2022 as we prepare for another busy 2023. One of the voices that you would have heard on Scoreline over the last year is none other than Mr. Eddie Doyle. Eddie has been on commentary and weighing in some of his opinions with myself and Eddie Scally over the past year. Eddie, hopefully you had a great Christmas anyway, sir. Yeah, great Christmas. Yeah, at home with the family. Yeah, it was brilliant, yeah. Sure, sure. What more could you want? Except a bit of sports, says you. We we know how passionate you are with all things GEA, and you're constantly sending us in messages on scoreline and saying, you know, what's the result in the intermediate game, or sending us in the result in that intermediate game or junior game or whatever game you happen to be at at the weekend. But getting all those games together, can you even? kind of whittle down a highlight of 2022 because there has been a lot of good moments yeah Shane there has there's been brilliant across like, across both counties it's been brilliant um, like you, you start off in Carlow there you, like you have Bagley Gales getting to a county final which was brilliant I know St Mullins went on and won it and went on to play in Crow Park which was brilliant um, in Kilkenny like you have you know Dane's fourth winning the intermediate going back up you have Ballyhale Shamrocks uh, um, winning their five in a row winning their uh, 20 title to equal Tullerone but look what I'm going to be 100% by saying my, my sport moment of the year is uh, Blacks and Whites winning the junior championship a, a great time for a small club you know massive achievement and, and well done to everyone that was involved I have absolutely no doubt that that's what you were going to pick as well because Eddie Scally picked it himself and we know how close you are with Eddie and we know what it meant to the community uh, because Eddie had really described some beautiful moments that he shared with members around Scott Faustine and talking about why it was so special because Blacks and Whites were really underdogs going into a lot of games weren't they? Blacks and Whites are underdogs Shane going into 99.9% of the games at any age grade that they ever play in um, and are never spoken about 
as potential championship winners. There might be the odd occasion when they're going into a game and you're thinking, yeah, look, that's the might have a really good chance here. Like the outsider will always, you know, but the insider kind of, we always give ourselves a good hope, but the outsider will think, yeah, maybe they have a chance in this game, but not any of the rest of the games or whatever. So to go along, we played, we, we bet the Emeralds in the first round. We were eight or nine points down in the first half at half time, came back, won that game. Um, we went long then we played uh, John Knox and Callan Open Danes Fort and um, played really really well that day and we kind of led from start to finish and it was a really dominant display it was brilliant and all of a sudden then into Nolan Park and we played we played Pilltown and look at it wasn't it wasn't the greatest performance by any team by any stretch of the imagination um, Blacks and Whites that day we, we kind of good first half a couple of long range points you know might, might have kept us in but we had a lot of wides that day and and eventually got over the line and it was you know it was what they have done throughout this year they stayed at it you know nearly like Man United you know they stayed at it they played to the to the extra time and they got the goal and won it and then that brought on a, a county final against um, Wingap and again we went in as underdogs um, into that game um, everyone fancied Wingap you know they've got a talent of you know really talented players throughout throughout their team from start to finish and but but people in Blacks and Whites like we know the players that we have you know we. We don't bring through the amount of players um, every every year that other clubs do, but we've got some really good players. You know, the old stalwarts there, Paul Murphy, Mike Cromaloni, Niall Kennedy, these lads. And then you top that up with likes of Jamie Byrne and Martin Kent, and you have Ryan Murphy and you have Senny Doyle coming through. Really, really good players. And that's, we just have a crop of them now at, at a time that, you know, that they really gelled together, um, Freddie and all the boys in the backroom team. And it was a massive, massive achievement for, like you said, a small club. And like even talking about it now, Shane, you know, just fills you with pride like you know yeah you can sense it by the way you're just describing it as well then how did you feel then when you were traveling up to play ringtown um because that game went to extra time so no doubt it was kind of squeaky bum time for yourselves yeah it was like um like the leinster championship for me anyway and like you know it's, it's a bonus territory like in um, and, and to put it into context I mean you set out your year and like on winning a county title that's what it's all about and that's what you know what I think it's about and look we went up to Ringtown and you know catch any team playing a Westmead team you're going to be strong favourites that's probably the exception to Blacks and Whites they went up there with Kilkenny Tag and they were, they were going to be strong favourites so they were and it, it was we made a really good team really well organised team they, you know they were full value for money and, and it, it took a bit of luck again to get over that day you know really did um, and, and came, came through by the skin of our teeth really one of my favourite moments uh, came in the form of an interview with Ryan Murphy after the game, after they won the Kilkenny Junior Championship. This is before he went on to play at Ringtown, obviously, but one of the great kind of quotes from 2022, just beaming with pride, he managed to blurt out on live radio, I've been hurling with these men since I was a baby in nappies. Like, I've been hurling with sending Sam Dar Murphy when he came on like, I've been hurling with them boys since I was a babby and nappies like, and it's incredible to be winning county finals with them now I said actually not many people know this now but I said to Sen and Dial, we started three years ago with the men like, and we got knocked out in the county quarter final and I said to Sen I said give us three years and we'll be up and win the county final and I said it to him after the match I said I told you three years time so it was, a, it was an incredible moment to just come up with the boys and just be here enjoying this with the support from the club and everything it's just it's, it's incredible I couldn't describe it and just been able to go on and do that like that just kind of goes to show you the, the spirit that's are around these clubs you know I thought yeah Ryan is um, Ryan, Ryan Murphy sure he's grandson of Seamus Murphy and everyone around the county you know 99% of the people around the county will know Seamus um, you know he's been the backbone of Blacks and Whites for years 
and a, a family that's really steeped in blacks and whites, you know, and has been for years and years and years. And, you know, everyone, not, and Ryan Murphy and, and, and like Senin Doyle and Dara Murphy and Dara Moore and all these young lads that were involved on the team or on the panel this year. And even the old lads, they, they've all grew up in the Hurlingfield. There's, there's nothing else in Scout Chain, you know, bar the Hurlingfield, like, you know, if it's a if it's a party that takes place in Scotland, it takes place in, in the Hurling Field. If it's you know, got a bit of funeral, it, it takes place in the Hurling Field. You know, when Santi comes to visit, he comes to the Hurling Field. You know, <laughs> everything happens in the Hurling Field. You know, if I heard the church, the school, everything else happens in the Hurling Field, and everyone does grow up in the Hurling Field, and that's what it is—a tight knit community, and it's it's brilliant. Like you know. You mentioned uh, there Bagnellstown Gales at the start and of course now Blacks and Whites former manager Eddie Scally will be managing Bagnellstown Gales in the Carlos Senior Hurling Championship while Blacks and Whites themselves will be going into intermediate. So how do you think the Scally going, the, what effect is that going to have on the team who have been kind of under him for the past four years? Yeah, it's a kind of a mixed emotion, kind of a you know, and mixed opinions really. I mean, he gave it four years, and he gave it his all. Like I was there with him for for three years. Unfortunately, I wasn't there this year, but um, <laughs> I know the effort um, that that Scally puts in, um, and I know how popular he is with the players in Scott. I mean, you know, he's he, he's he's probably friends with you know with them all at this stage, you know, and he you know go for this is a drink with him and whatever, and you know, but look at he was. I think Eddie is, his job is done. The chapter is closed. I think he's he's done what he achieved, what he wanted to do. Um, he's he's won a junior championship. He spent four years there with him, and, and like you know, and I know Eddie, he's he's a clever enough fella. And you know, people might say he's you know literally might say he's jumping ship. But, uh, maybe he's getting out, but he's not. I mean, I think Eddie, to be fair, knows that he got the best out of them that he could, and he knows maybe they need a, a fresh voice and a, a fresh. Um, someone to hold the, the reins again for the new one and he's probably I think maybe he's doing the best for, for the team as well moving on and, and Eddie would see that himself Eddie is by no means selfish you know he doesn't want to it's not all about Eddie it's not all about the line but if he thinks someone else will get a better a better tune out of them he'll hand over the reins and that's what he's doing and it, that, that, I think he's, he has to be admired for that you know He also mentioned Danes Fort as well and like Blacks and Whites losing in UPMC Nolan Park Blacks and Whites to commercials uh, but the Dane's Fort match against Trim obviously it wouldn't be a highlight considering there was no intermediate Kilkenny team or junior Kilkenny team in any of the provincial finals or and then of course that has the knock on effect of no All-Irelands for either of them so how do you think uh, kind of the intermediate and junior setup is set up to bounce back from that next year? Yeah, well, I think it's very, very competitive um, in Kilkenny. Obviously, you know, we're we're one of the top, and that's just a fact, one of the top counties around, you know. Um, but I think it's so competitive; it takes so much out of the players. It's it's you know, the goal, as I said previously, is to win a county title. I mean, um, when you get there, that's it's achieved. You know, you've achieved, and then it's bonus territory after that. So, like I look back on. If you look back on Blacks and Whites, look back on Dane's Fort. I mean, they got beaten in the first round of Leinster and, and the quarter final, I think, of Leinster. Um, that's the way it was. Um, but, like, is their season, you know, is it not a success because they've done that? Definitely not. Um, so I, th- I think Leinster, there's a, a bit of luck. It's a bit of, it's something to enjoy at the end of, of your season. Your, your your aim, like I said, is to win the junior, like, so, or the intermediate or your local championship. It, like, I don't see it Maybe it's maybe it's not a popular opinion, and when you do go on and win something, it's great. But I don't see it as the pinnacle of a year at all. Um, I'm not downgrading it by any stretch of the imagination. And whoever takes on the mantle next year again, 
um, it's up to them to go on and win it. Like, you know, Ballyhill Shamrocks are an exception. They're going on their senior journey. But look, whoever wins junior and intermediate then next year, um, that's their goal is to win their local championship. They go on and give the, the Leinster a, a go after that and see how they go. But it definitely is definitely not um, a reflection on the year whether they win or lose that, in my opinion. Yeah, and you could just ask Shamrocks as well. I'm, I, I'm sure that they'll be a lot more happier with uh, uh, their five-in-a-row title as opposed to their Leinster title. They'll look on that more fondly. Now, of course, Leinster is leading to their All-Ireland charge after beating Bally Gunner. They have done like coming up to him. But how pivotal of a moment was it winning that uh, county final against James Stevens? James Stevens seemed to be falling to Shamrocks the whole time now they had that whole Brian Cody factor is Brian Cody going to be managing them next year you'll have all that kind of into the fray and it's going to be a very interesting Kilkenny championship next year but looking back on that five in a row I suppose I went like especially in the past 10 years or so like Shamrocks just seem to be that team you know what I mean so all things considered like five in a row how impressive really is that when you think about it massive like you look at the great teams that have been before in Kilkenny you know you have the you know the Shamrocks team of now you had the Shamrocks team that was there say 10-15 years ago led by maybe Henry Shefflin at the time you go back to the great Len Moore team you know back when they were winning all Ireland you know James Stevens, St Martins when all these were winning they, they had and winning their county titles they had you know really really great teams but this Shamrocks team is special and they're making history uh, as they go along Um that 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 game in Nolan Park like was just phenomenal this year. You know, we spoke at half time um, you know, James Stevens were doing really well at that stage and, and Shamrocks kinda of looked like they were just you know, they were they were just shadow boxing really. They were, you know, just like like a boxing match, they were just jabbing, jabbing and, and just keeping the opponent away. And then we were talking about maybe there was something going to happen at, at um after the after the break. Maybe Shamrocks get a goal and that would spur them on or something like this. But it was actually descending off um of Paddy Mullen that spurred them on and as soon as that it was like they, they woke the beast and Shamrocks went on and just gave an exhibition to Hurling that's unreal um, you know everyone um, young Noel Short was pointing at the end of it like I was about to say it yeah. Another, yeah like I mean that 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 alone you're on about TJ Reid and you're on about different sports stars and whatever like that alone is is a, a moment um, this year that's got serious attention within Kilkenny and outside of Kilkenny um, a young fella that was playing Junior C Hurling their third team this year and he goes along and he gets a point like that in the senior final. That was a phenomenal mo- moment for himself. But the Shamrocks team were brilliant. They went on to Leinster then, and they um, they don't look at the, they, they won Leinster and and they're playing that that match again. Bally Gunner was just phenomenal. That was just, I think, it's nearly like Messi winning the World Cup with Argentina. I know this was a semi final with with Ballyhill Shamrocks again, Bally, Bally Gunner, but it nearly puts them on a different level again if that was possible beating Bally Gunner in the nature that they did in a tight game like that it just proves what a great team they are they're going to really bypass Tullerone are they for those 20 titles and going to 21 very soon you reckon um, well it's it's uh, yeah well look, look it's great it's something it's brilliant that that bit of an age is there next year you know there is something to, to fight for and look at Tullerone Speaking to, to Ronnie even during throughout the championship, you know, Ronnie was giving Tullerone in their game against Ballyhale a great chance as well and he was looking this Tullerone team of serious hurlers in the half. So Tullerone are coming back next year not alone do they want you know, the, the country and every match obviously as they go along but they have that in the back of their mind too. Imagine they could they could go one ahead of Ballyhale. That'd be a fair achievement and we'd be talking next year we'd have a, a recap of the 2023 season and the sporting moment of the year was Tullerone going one ahead of Ballyhale. 
that'd be a serious a serious moment for that club it certainly would well look Eddie thanks very much for giving us the time and chatting to us about some of your top moments within Kilkenny Hurling I know that you picked blacks and whites but Scally of course picked blacks and whites as well so I had to play out a clip from that final but I am going to pick you up on your point of that five in a row the Niall Shortle point and what could have been as well with Owen Gilfoyle if he hadn't hit the crossbar also but Shamrock's getting that five in a row one of the top sporting moments here on KCLR in 2022 thank you very much Eddie and we'll play that clip now KCLR of local sports. Oh, young Shortle does very well again. He's made a vital contribution. Oh, brilliant out of Shortle, the young pretender. This will be a mighty score. It's going to go for the score. Oh, the score of the day. Young Niall Shortle. What a score from the Kieran's College, man. That's the score that sums up that the next generation are serious about hurling in Ballyhay. 121. What a score. And the final whistle has been blown here in uh, UPMC Nolan Park. The Ballyhay men are so so happy and what a score Taggy I just have to finish that for me just summed up the future of the Ballyhale men no right got the ball 60 yards out from the end from the goal and went on a solo run a dummy hand pass and you wonder what do they do in Ballyhale and the Shamrocks they just create these monsters and they've created another little monster in Niall Shortle absolutely phenomenal absolutely phenomenal conditions rain teeming down two or three lads coming on to him you know he's been hit left right and centre trying to double hand pass and then put it on the hurl didn't even catch it and swung it over the bar for the final score 211 to 121 what a score and as you said the younger lads to come on nice shortle that just sums up Ballyhale but what a fight what, what character Ballyhale showed today You're very welcome back to Scoreline on this New Year's Year in Review and what a year it has been, whether you're a fan of soccer, golf, rugby, whatever, Formula One even, or just a bit of GAA as we all are. I'm delighted now to be joined on the line by the host of the Left Wing Back podcast, incredibly successful, the host of an F1 podcast as well, Mr Kevin Regan. There's only one man who can be used to describe that. How are you, sir? Asper, not too bad. Not too bad in yourself. I'm very good. It's always a pleasure getting to talk to you. You were covering some of the games here on KCLR last year and then you were covering nearly every game on the Left Wing Back podcast. Just before we go anywhere else and kind of look at some of the best moments in the year, the podcast, the exponential growth that it's had over the year must be incredible to see and be a part of. Yeah, sure. It is, Shane, in fairness. Like, and it's fully after surpassing my expectations. Um, like, I mean, all, all three of them are doing... Quite well, obviously the Irish F1 show was a, a piled initiative this year, and um, I mean it's been a regular chart topper on the on the Apple charts, and uh, equally left wing backs got there a few times, as has the Irish Rally podcast. And uh, you know, if you told me that a couple of years ago when I started out the left wing back, I would have bitten your hand off. So um, yeah, look, they're all a little bit different. They all have their own you know niches, I suppose. And um, look, above all, they're all very enjoyable. Yeah, and you you can clearly tell that you're enjoying it because there's always a smile on your face when we're looking back over the videos and you know you're chatting to lads like Marty Cavanaugh and you're getting great guests coming on as well and people that are passionate about Carlo GAA. So you can't meet maybe a more passionate man than yourself. What is it like kind of putting the shows together? I know for myself in here it can be quite painstaking to getting the right voices and getting the right kind of vibe going in an interview. How have you found it? 
Yeah, well, look, it's um, it's an undertaking when you have one of them, but when you have three of them, it's just uh, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I always say to people, if, if you're doing a live stream, I actually find that hour or hour and a half probably the easiest hour or hour and a half out of the whole process because, I mean, you know yourself, you could be eight hours um, putting prep into it and then maybe another eight hours afterwards trying to tidy it up if it's not done live and you may be getting it across the Spotify and stuff. So, yeah, look, there is there is a big workload in it. Um you know, if uh, <laughs> if we had a massive budget, we could farm out some of that responsibility, maybe of the editing and the organisation, and just sit down and do the recording. Well, look, that'd be that'd be fantastic. But uh, look, maybe in time, boss. Maybe in time. That's the dream. We're looking forward to seeing what you have coming up in the future. But instead of looking forward, it's time to look back at some of the best kind of moments within Carlo GEA over the past year. What would your top moment be, and can you tell me why it was Carlo Bingo? <laughs> Well, look, I tell you, um, it's not easy to actually pinpoint one because, you know, thinking back on it in particular, I suppose trying to go back to maybe uh, January, February, March is, is difficult because maybe the most recent things are the first that, that come to mind naturally. But there has been a good few standouts. Um, you know, if you think back to Chris Nolan's equaliser from a sideline against Kildare. To you were commentating that day, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, that was probably up there with the most exciting moments I've ever had in the commentary box. You know, and um, I know in the end it, it proved to be all in vain because they, they didn't get the knockout stages or whatever. But that was that was definitely a standout. Um, I was actually away for the the footballers victory over Tipperary in the Talton Cup. That's a hundred percent a standout because you know we're down in Semper Stadium in the league and um, got quite a thumping that day. So that was that was an amazing turnaround, really. I suppose another another one that kind of sprung to mind um, a big win over Offaly up in, in Tullamore you know kind of against the odds Offaly going quite well on the crest of a wave um, and then of course coming into the club stuff um, you know I imagine closer to the actual moment uh, now exactly like it's a toss up between two to be honest and it, it was two moments in the in the club championships uh, a narrow second for me was um Bidenstown's win over Monster Rangers in the semi-final of the Senior yeah. Ireland Championship. I mean, to come in as a seven-to-one outsider and, and do that, you know, it was it was phenomenal. Um, you know, probably unjustifiably seven-to-one. Um, I think we might have given them the nod on the pod actually for that, but that was, you know, that was um, that was definitely a standout. But I think in terms of an actual moment, you can't really look past Danny Moran for Tin Ireland against their own. Like to put a bit of context into it. Generally, Tin Ryland don't beat Aerog. It's just a kind of a hoodoo thing that Aerog would seem to have over Tin Ryland. Albeit, a couple of years ago, Tin Ryland did enjoy a victory over them in the championship. It's just, it was playing out to be one of those days. Tin Ryland missed the penalty in the first half, and you were just thinking, right, they're probably going to capitulate here. Um, because it has happened in previous times, and maybe they won't like hearing that, but they'd be the first to admit themselves, I think, a lot of them would, that that, that has happened. Um, but they turned it around got back into the game, it's level, you're four minutes into additional time, and I mean, Danny Moore took on a shot that he had no right to take on at all. Like I mean, Steve O'Mara himself would have said, no, don't take on that, it's just such a high percentage shot. But it was just a, a really big standout moment for me during the season, Shane, and I think that just about, that just about gets the nod for me in terms of my Carlo GM over the year. Yeah, it was just beautiful to get to see. I'm even looking back on it now uh, as we speak, just to remember that moment. I can see the screenshot from it. But then going on, like my, for me, I, I, I think Palatine's Charge was just a sight to behold. I know they had the almost festival of football beforehand and just 
being kind of closely associated with Pat O'Flynn and then swapping over from the hurling to football. I love that. But obviously beating Tim Ryland, the spirited Tim Ryland in the final. It just um and then going to have a charge at Leinster as well. I, I love that story in myself. But Tim Ryland came up with a bit of how do, would you say a bit of criticism over the season in general about their defensive play? Would you agree with that sentiment? Oh, look, they did absolutely. They came up with a lot of a lot of criticism, and at times it wasn't the easiest on the eye. And um, it would have been quite quite critical ourselves about uh, the semi final in particular. But did they care? No, they didn't. They got to their first final in eleven years, and it's funny because speaking of criticism, like. I think Palatine really harnessed the whole siege mentality thing quite well throughout the year. It was kind of like an us-against-the-world thing that I think Pado maybe played upon quite a bit because there was this narrative that the whole place was writing them off. Um, yeah. I suppose to, to an extent at the start of the year, you wouldn't have seen them as, as, as championship winners. I mean, uh, maybe I wouldn't say too many outside of, of Palatine itself saw Palatine as championship winners. So... I went through the season and they beat whatever was put in front of them, and that's you know that's credit to them. You have to you have to hold your hat up to them, right? And then I think the part that Palatine weren't comfortable with, well, it is a fact, and I'll put it on record, was that while beating what was in front of them, occasionally the opposition, for one reason or the other, not Palatine's fault, weren't at full strength. So as that gets pointed out, I don't think it was something that was sitting overly comfortably with them. They felt like maybe it was taken away from what they achieved. It doesn't take away from what they achieved. It's a fact that's on record. They went out, they beat what was in front of them, they won a championship, and they were very, very impressive in their win over St. Patrick's and Leinster as well. So fair play to them, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I think Pado did a very good job at, at that, you know, and I still think to an extent maybe some people in Palatine feel a little bit aggrieved over, um, you know, they feel a bit disrespected and stuff, but from my point of view, I'm not quite sure... That's the case. Um, but you know yourself, I think next year, when, you know, the people will be banned for blood, uh, Palatine have a lot to prove again next year because it takes a very good team to win a championship. It takes a great team to go back-to-back. They've, um, you know, they've done that before. They've proven they can do it. I think next year will be a big, big challenge. I think it's going to be open as well. And that has been Kevin Regan's top Carlo GA moment. Danny Moran saying, hold my beer, as you put it on the Left Wing Back podcast Twitter. Kevin, thanks very much. We're going to listen back to that moment here on Scoreline. But if people want to keep checking you out, it's the Left Wing Back podcast and on Twitter, on Spotify, anywhere they do their podcast listening. Thanks for being here, KCLR. At the heart of local sports. Here come Tin Ryland. Can they get the winner? Big man at full back is Connor Ryan. Lays it off to Walsh of the Cormac variety. Danny Morn of all people. Danny Morn. Oh, he's got, got it. And he's got the winner. Danny Moore. He's got the winner. Danny Morn. Ah, Danny Morn. What a score. What a brilliant time to get a score. Oh, my word. 34 minutes gone in this game. It's all over, Willie. It's all over. Can Ryland win the game? I think it's all over. Paul O'Dwyer looks at his two watches. He's giving him another chance, but Airog looked to be dead and buried. Tin Ryland. Tin Ryland are set up like a game of Warriors. Welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, here until 6 o'clock. 
and we were just talking about the great moments in sport that we've experienced on an international level but of course at a local level here on Scoreline joining us now is the boss man the head of sport here at KCLR Ken McGuire first of all Ken do you have a good Christmas? It was grand uh, to be fair a few turkey sandwiches can't beat them turkey uh, turkey Christmas day turkey Stevens day turkey the day after uh, Stevens is the day turkey the day after the day after <laughs> Stevens is the day then and you then, make soup from the turkey bones and then, and then you lose the run of the days and then it becomes it's the day before New Year's day and then and then which would be New Year's Eve which would be today and then it's like oh, so many days so many turkey sandwiches are you a Christmas breakfast man 100% yeah oh uh, look family family traditions actually my tradition um, and I people uh, apologies if you're absolutely alarmed by this uh, my tradition um, is a, a cheese and onion potato sandwich at uh, about 7 o'clock in the morning Christmas morning I could stretch to 8 delightful I could stretch to 8 delightful. maybe like a can of orange to go no along with it no calorie counting no nothing Gee, you must be joking my fitness pal does not get a look in at all <laughs> on Christmas day uh, and then breakfast yeah 100% um uh, for for breakfast, it's usually like, do you know what? Let's 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 go all out. Let's do let's do the full fry. Let's throw a bit of orange juice on the table. Let's oh. let's go nuts. Let's go let's go with the Tropicana guys. <laughs> yeah, like really push the boat out here. You know, none of none of uh, none of your knockoff orange juice these days. Uh, and then bide the time out, and then you know, kind of a, a late late affair on the day and now you're just eating like all week long I haven't stopped eating all Lovely. week long well you look fantastic thank you very much January 1st is <laughs> literally just around the corner ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and we're all going out for that run tomorrow well speaking of counting right uh-huh. I'm not counting calories over Christmas but I was looking back on all the matches that we covered on Scoreline over the past year a tremendous increase on the previous year as the head of sports was that something that you were particularly conscious of of course we have the Carlo football the increased coverage of yeah. Camogie was that something that you really pushed yeah uh, I think 2021 uh, 2021 was I know this is, so we're going back a year so 2021 saw us come off uh, a kind of w- a weird setup in in terms of live sport around the, the pandemic side of things and we've been really good over the years over all the years with live sport and we get to maybe 70, 80 games a year across both counties a large concentration on hurling and football uh, Camogie uh, was maybe kind of two games a year in on that soccer when we could get to it which would be pretty much the finals of the, the competitions that were, were involved in, in commercially as, as sponsors um, and then last so for, for 2021 we said okay well look people still can't get to games so we got to get to games to make sure that people can hear the games so we go from 70 80 games in a year up to 110 games in the year and as we were going into the so earlier this month you had um, the Camogie uh, Club All Ireland final and then you had Shamrocks and, and Ballygunner playing in Croke Park and they were games number I think 156 and 157 wow. and and that's not including the sideline reports and going around the grounds Mount Juliet Mount Juliet Mount Juliet was huge Mount Juliet was one of my absolute favourite times of the year and like all the other games and stuff that, that we would get to so this is where we would have gone like you know kind of full commentary or, or in depth on, on the reporting side of things so going from like going from 70-80 games a year to 110 games a year was a massive leap and takes a lot of work and then going from 110 games a year to almost 160 live games a year like there's only 365 days in the year so you're you're on you're on almost a game every two days 
across the course of the year. There was one weekend we did eight, I believe. Eight games. Online as well. Eight games in the one day. And you know what? Uh, I love it. And if we yeah. and if we can if we can push that more uh, for this year, like next week, Walsh Cup, Kyo Cup, O'Byrne Cup, they're all starting up. We're going to be Gibbon Sigurdsson in a few weeks. There's no rest. The 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 split season and, and throwing intercounty in the the early part of the year. The club side, like we're blessed to be fair, Carlo and Kilkenny. And probably a little bit more so on Kilkenny this year is that club teams involved in competition. The club season doesn't finish until Christmas. There's literally a Christmas break, and then you're straight into the intercounty stuff that starts on the fourth of January. It's crazy, and for us, it's like, ah, oh, yes, we'll take the weekend off, and then we'll, um, and then we'll, we're just we're straight back into it, and we're we're around the grounds. But love it, and if we and we can do more, I know we can do more. Um, like we want to get out to to more soccer this year. Um, want to get to more camogie this year. Uh, want to get out to more rugby this year. Uh, want to get out to and and reach out to clubs and and teams that we're not working with and sports that we can give more coverage to. And we've got more platforms to do it. We're like scoreline this year. Online audience has doubled in comparison to 2021. Uh, the reach and the the readership of the website and the articles and all of that kind of stuff is there. Social platforms we've moved into streaming events. Uh, podcast has gone on and it's kind of it's it's road show run and and going to clubhouses and all that kind of thing. So these are huge. Well, I was going to mention the podcast as well. Of course, the tremendous success of Come On Kind with the extended Komogi coverage has brought with it uh, an award from the Komogi oh, yeah. Association. That seems like miles ago. Now, yeah, it, it does. But it brought a, a, an award for um, best kind of press in uh, press media. Yeah, it, the, it was uh, officially the, the McDonough Memorial Award um, for local media uh, from the Komogi Association. And this was going back to... Uh, this was going back to the May Bank Holiday weekend. Now this was this year, so this was a kind of a delayed run of the event from from the awards for for 2021, uh, and the the 2022 awards will be revealed uh, very 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 shortly. Um, and yeah, we like on the on the Camogie side when you look at the the in, even the increase in games and the increase in the coverage of stuff that we did, uh, we had we were going from a point of going from two two games a year to three games a year so you talk like maybe kind of uh, senior club final in Kilkenny uh, and then we'd get to you know maybe All-Ireland semi-final and final if we were if Kilkenny were lucky to get to final or if yeah. Carlo were lucky to get to final going back to 2016 where you had that amazing day in Croke Park with Carlo in the junior Kilkenny in the or the premier junior uh, Kilkenny in the intermediate and Kilkenny in the senior it was a, cl- a clean sweep it was just Unbelievable day in Croke Park, and then you have Michael versus James. Oh, Michael and James in a, in a Leinster, in Leinster final recently. It's like happy, happy days, um, and that stuff wouldn't have normally maybe of of getting. No, covered. not at all. No, it's certainly not on the club side. And like you know, intercounty is great, um, but every player will tell you club is where it's at, and club is where the journeys are, and club is where the relationships and the teams are. So we've put more of an effort into the club side of things, and certainly more of an effort into the camogie side of things, um, and it it. it you know, it can improve. Um, we went from two or three games a year to twelve games on the twelve live games on the Camogie side of things last year, and then started bringing in reports on on the the Leinster club journey. And this is going back as early as January this year because you still had Michael involved in the club, you had Dixborough involved in the club, uh, and then uh, for for this year alone, I couldn't tell you the number. It's over twenty, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, and that could be the tail end of the 
the club championships that's not factoring in the Leinster numbers and everything up then to, you have the podcast you have the nights out with the team of the year the podcast has been phenomenal uh, and full credit to, to Martin and Anya and Lillian and Paula and everybody they've been able to, to drag into it it's given huge credence and, and coverage and I think add, genuinely has added value to the to the club scene in, in Kilkenny uh, started to bring in a little bit of the, the club action in, in Carlow the tail end of the championship there and into the Leinster side of things and hopefully get to expand on that for for next year uh, but the lads did one season 12 episodes and a live special with the, the team of the year awards that was streamed from the boardroom uh, here in, in the station last year and then went straight into it with the inter-county stuff in January uh, and they haven't taken a week off since yeah. so there's like this 40, 48, 49, 50 episodes of that uh, for this year alone and, and much like that now they'll take maybe two or three weeks over Christmas and then they're straight back into it when the intercounty stuff is when the intercounty stuff uh, gets underway for for Carlo and Kilkenny in the in the league side of things in the new year. Um, and then we got to do the live show, the team of the year live show uh, this year was I think a roaring success. It was great to see like huge numbers of players in attendance uh, for the club side of things. Uh, junior, intermediate, and senior teams of the year. Junior, intermediate, and senior players of the year. Uh, uh, this year added uh, top scorers for the for the competitions next year I'll have a few more bells and whistles on it as well um, and, th- and these have all grown uh, and grown really kind of nicely and, and organically over the year as well and that's what local media can do you can see the knock on rugby podcast you hear people that when Carlo were going off playing Mullingar or something that people in Mullingar are commenting on stuff that was said on the podcast oh we like even with the with the rugby side of things and Stephen's doing a great job with the with the knock on we had has the Towns a, Cup and everything to oh, celebrate and it's, the it's, side it's, of things. it's all the, it's all this hype and it's all stuff that you can't really get anywhere other than your local station not to, not to be blowing our own trumpet about it but this is really special content and it's really local content and it's it's the clubs and the people that are that are on the ground it's the stuff that you're not finding on the telly you're not finding in the broadsheets you're not finding in or if you are you're finding oh look here's our two column inches about this great game whereas we're bringing you the voices and the reactions and the previews and the reviews and the the controversies and the arguments and the fallings out and, I've and been everything. in a few of those myself uh, we've had a few <laughs> over the course of the over the course of the year um, but that's that's what makes it special that's what makes it great so all things considered then Ken Maguire our head of sport after you consider the whole year that we've had on sport and not to pat ourselves on the back or you to pat yourself on the back and I know that there's a lot more stuff in the pipeline Mm. on how we can evolve and and, and get better but do you have a particular moment that you would pick out from those 365 days and say wow that was my sport moment of the year Um, that is that's it's a, tough, isn't it? That's a that's a tough one. Uh, uh, I I could say I could say blacks and whites winning the junior uh, county final. No, that's been said about uh, fifty but, times by Eddie like, I'm fairly sure Eddie's got that covered. You know, uh, I could cover the I could cover the the Camogie side of things or Kilkenny doing the All Ireland. Martin and Anya will have that covered. Uh, Shamrocks in the club side of things in Jan- like we have been spoiled for highlights. For me, on a on a personal level. Um, I I gotta go back to uh, I gotta go back to Mount Juliet, and the Irish Open. So we covered the Irish Open in full this year, and we got to spend four days and the and the pro am day out at the course, and we'd mixed mixed in the in the shows, um, and as as a sporting event that tied in the station, but tied in so much more. So 
like early in the week you got Casey Lore live out there you got lunch out there uh, John Keane was on holiday so I've been presenting lunch out there for the week um, got to have a, a, a great uh, a great chat with uh, Simon Alice who's the, the tournament director on the Irish side of things uh, for the Irish Open working with the DP World Tour we had Harry Ewing uh, in with us uh, on the golf side of things for the week and then when it came to Saturday we're like well geez, you know we've got to bring a scoreline out there on, on Saturday uh, and yourself and Robbie were out there I was out there uh, and Sinead was out there and this might have been Saturday yeah it was Saturday and, and heading into the Sunday side of things Kenny well. were playing Claire on the day Kenny had Claire uh, yeah because we're, we're you know Brendan is there with, with Mickey and uh, Kenny and Claire are in that All-Ireland semi-final and we also had Galway and uh, Kilkenny in the last round of the championship side of things over in Athenry yeah and uh I think I think we we there might have been a kind of a hope that the game would go to Salt Hill and you know we we would have taken commentary for it and we ended up going with reports uh, on the day, but all of a sudden you've you've got so many people that are working in so many different areas of sport and it was like the conversation was flying. You're going from this is what's that like we're st- we're overlooking the tenth tee if anybody knows where the the tenth tee is in in Mount Juliet, so. Players are starting on the on the back nine. We've got a full window view to that. Uh, we're tearing apart Cristiano Ronaldo and the state of, yeah, of me Manchester. Yeah, me and Robbie got in a little fight over that. There yeah. was a, a whole lot of stuff going on. The weather was wild. Uh, it was either really warm or really wet and really mucky. Harry is dropping in on the golf side of things. We're going to uh, we're going to uh, wherever it was, Sampler or Coke Park for updates on the on the All-Ireland semi-final we're cutting across to Martin because the Kilkenny and Galway game has gone right down to the wire and this thing is is electric and you're feeling hooked for what's going on uh, and the, sh- the, the show just bounced along and the conversation was great and flowing and you're stopping and you're chatting to people that are that are outside and it was crowds coming back into a live sporting event as well and Mount Juliet had had it the previous year and it was just myself and Brian were, were down there for an afternoon and Emer was there for, for the morning Stephen was down um, and like it was under heavy COVID restrictions there was at best a couple of thousand people that were there very spread out whereas this year it was just like big crowds big draws there was big hope for the Irish I know Adrian um, Moronk ended up winning it on the on the last day Lucas Herbert had put in a good run Shane Lowry had made the cut coming into the weekend so there was a bit of hope for the Irish there um, asking how the Offaly Miners got on as well <laughs> ah look it but there was so much going on but as as sporting moments on a on a personal level like it doesn't it doesn't speak to oh it was an All-Ireland final and we were there and it was the Camogie and the trophy lifting up the Hogan stand and bloody bloody blah or the homecomings or any kind of celebrations around that and there have been like an exceptional amount of sporting highlights in both counties uh, this year but for 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 personal level to see like everybody singing off the same hymn sheet and we're just like completely caught up in this mad world of sport uh, for the weekend and everybody's on a real high from it as well so that that was that was great that was a standout moment well Ken thank you very much for the State of the Nation address as well yeah, it's that fantastic was, that was a bit long wasn't it no, well, ha- <laughs> have a great New Year's we're going to listen back to some moments there from Mount Juliet with Harry Ewing who was just so welcoming with his time Ken happy New Year you too you too KCLR of local sports. We're going to go live for another update from the Horizon Irish Open. 
Live updates from the Horizon Irish Open. With thanks to Jay Dunahy BMW. Test drive the all-electric BMW i4 and iX at our showroom in Enniscorthy. KCLR. Live from the 18th, it seems to be all going down. We're hearing roars from the crowd right, from everywhere. Yeah, absolutely fantastic from Adrian Moronk. As I mentioned on the last update, he birdied 15, he birdied 16, and would you believe he eagles the par 5 17. So he has the luxury of walking onto this 18th green with a three shot lead. And even more he could get it done from here. So he's had a great second shot into about 25 feet here. But he's going to be crowned the Irish Open champion. He's going to be the first pole in the history of the European Tour to win on this tour. That's some achievement. And for a guy that finished in three top fives so far this season, some would say it was coming. But it was going to take a kind of a burst to break clear of the pack over the last few holes. But what a burst. Pulling from 25 feet on 15. Another birdie puts from 20 feet on 16. And yes, we thought the par 5, 17 might yield something. But little did we think that he'd go ahead and make three. An eagle on 17 was given enough breathing room as he, as he wanted on 18 and hit a great drive and a second shot in here to 18 as he lines up this putt from 25 feet. So, got a great reception as he approaches 18 green. Adrian Moronk is going to create history here at the Irish Open in Nigeria. 25 footer. Let's hope he can pour this one in to finish it off in style. It will be some run. Birdie, birdie, eagle. And let's hope for one more birdie. Just as he steps into it, takes his stance. One more practice throw here in front of pack galleries. Fantastic throws the whole way around the back of the screen, left over on the 17 as he throws the putter back and sends the ball on its way. 25 feet right to left. Screams of getting the hole. Not quite, but it looks to be nice and cozy from my vantage point. He'll probably mark, or will he? Yeah. No, he's going to tap it in. He's going to tap it in. And he does. Adrian Moran, new European Tour champion at the Irish Open in Mount Juliet. And what a way to done it. A, a, an amazing burst in the last four holes. Worthy of a champion. And he receives all the applause, which is 100% worthy. Fantastic last round. He was in the lead, under pressure going out there today. Shoots a six under par, 66, to win by three shots. And a fantastic winner of this edition of the Irish Open. Welcome back to Scoreline as we look back on some of the tremendous moments of sport in 2022 and preparing for another one in 2023. Joining me now is the CEO, the Head of State here at KCLR, Mr John Purcell. John, first of all, hopefully you had a great Christmas. Absolutely, Shane. Good to be here. Looking forward to 2023 uh, and looking back on a fantastic 2022. So uh, all refreshed. Yeah, coming out of the pandemic was the last time we had you on the show and we were talking about how it was a very strange time for sports, a strange time for the world, but a strange time for sports and about the commitment now to sports going forward, which is something that you seem to have really got behind with Ken as our new head of sport now as well. We've seen the increase in live coverage and increase in articles and stuff, uh, particularly focusing on the local sports. Yeah, it's really interesting talking about coming out of COVID because one of the things I found about looking back at 2022 is it was kind of like this time last year we were still very much in COVID and we went out of it quicker than we thought and so I think it's people a lot of people are kind of finding it like was that this year or last year or the year before it's a kind of a strange uh, continuum you know and I heard you refer to it a few times on the show uh, over the last number of weeks about you know 
remember back to when there was nobody at matches and yeah. you know this year we were covering matches when the previous year there was actually nobody at the matches so I suppose we've evolved with that as well but it's been a fantastic uh, year of sport locally nationally and internationally you know so many highlights were just over the World Cup uh, in soccer you know you guys brought your own analysis and uh, <laughs> insight into that which was great but equally like locally with the championships uh, across Gaelic games camogie soccer you know all the sports greyhound racing you know it's just fantastic because it's such a big part of people's lives, you know. Um, it's been a tough year with the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, war and all that. But sport just is a great release for people. And it's really uh, important and particularly important for young people because it's healthy. It keeps people healthy in, in body, but also in mind. It's good to have something to release all the tension with. And, you know, the passion of local sport and our commentaries, the thing that just stands out to me. I mean, you can have all the World Cup finals you want, but the passion of our commentaries and, and analysis and so on is just unrivaled and it's great to be a part of it. Speaking of the commentaries, there was 157 live games across rugby, soccer, uh, camogie, as you mentioned, football and indeed hurling. And from hurling, we've had some great memories in terms of the build-up to the All-Ireland final, the kind of... The interview that Robbie held with Brian Cody just before the game was a real highlight of mine, just to see my colleague kind of have one of those watershed moments, then being in Crow Park again, a stacked Crow Park, and then being bookended by the news that Brian Cody was going to step away from his term as Kilkenny manager. It's just, there's so many things to think about when you try and comprehend what 2022 was. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and it'll be, I think Brian Cody has been manager of Kilkenny as long as KCLR has been around, so, uh, you know, it's a new era for Kilkenny hurling, um, but equally, you know, the club scene and the county championships in Kilkenny and in Carlow have been huge, and, um, you know, that's just been fantastic as well, and so we're looking forward to the year ahead, it's going to be, you know, very interesting, I think coming up in the next couple of weeks, we'll be, uh, you know, we'll be covering Ballyhale in the, in the Blue Ribbon event you know the club final um, and you know there's been some great matches along the way uh, with that but like once we get over Christmas and the new year we're back into it with the National League you know everything will be winding up again and you know very little uh, downtime when it comes to sports coverage but that's the way people love it yeah, it's it's round the clock as you just mentioned. Ballyhill Shamrocks will be going up against Dunloy, and then of course you'll have the Walsh Cup starting under lights down in Wexford. You have the Kyo Cup starting for Carlow versus Kildare. So it's a always it's just a clock that never stops going. And we know that there's some big plans for 2023. No spoilers or anything like that, but I'm sure it'll all come out very soon. No, but we just want to keep developing and growing the um, growing the sports output you know and we've come from a situation whereby I can remember not too long ago you know when you were covering um, was it Azerbaijani football the Belarusian Premier League League. (laughs) yeah that was about the only show in town and now there's an embarrassment to riches and you know there's so many elements to it there's the live coverage of course which which we're hugely committed to but then there's the pre-match the post-match the analysis and the opinions and you know it's great to hear local people and people with like loads of medals who've who've done the, done the hard yards and and been there giving their opinions on on everything that's going on and that's you know really great stuff to cover and I I mean I know we do a huge amount of sports coverage you know we have scoreline at the weekends and we have Mondays and Fridays and like specials and all that sort of stuff but I don't think you know 
maybe I'm I'm simplifying it, but there's never a, a problem filling it. There's always stuff to do, you know. And again, um, it's not just in in the the big sports, you know. Um, and you've been covering a lot of, you know, more um less. I don't know. Niche. niche yeah more niche <laughs> but niches are, are are cool as well and niches are getting bigger um and so we're delighted to be associated with those sports as well and we're always willing to do more stuff i mean i think over the past year our coverage of camogie uh for example has been recognized as the best in the land really we we landed an award and yeah. there was a time when you know camogie was regarded as niche on a county level it's far from niche now it's mainstream and you know we're covering it every step of the way we've got the podcast the come on kind um and our coverage of the local club um scene there too is is huge and like that we've heard a lot that that means a lot to the players mm. um and it's only right that women's sport gets a, a a fair crack of the whip as well and and is just as as important to us and we've shown that during the year and we look forward to bringing it to new places in the year ahead and we consider the tremendous triumphs of someone like Rachel Backmore at Cheltenham and uh Katie Taylor head, headlining Madison Square Garden against Amanda Sereno. Amy Broadhurst, Molly Scott breaking national records from a local level. Uh, we'll continue to cover all that stuff. And there's one thing that I always say to uh, folks who are participating in minority sports is is that that's what local radio is for. Come to me yeah. and we'll give you that, that platform and give you that avenue and we'll continue to keep watching the progress and going along because that's what local radio is all about yeah well they may be referred to as kind of minority sports by people on the outside but like people who are taking part in them don't regard them as minority sports they're their sports and they're very important to them so therefore we want to you know be there with them and help people to grow be it snooker be it flipping darts be it you you name it you know Uh, all sports I think have the drama um, that people so love about you know, the bigger sports, I suppose, because there's victory, defeat, there's overcoming adversity, there's setting yourself personal stories. There's fantastic stories, you know, uh, and you don't need to be a Ronaldo or a a Messi uh, to have a great um, story, you know. But oftentimes I think the better stories are on the local level um, because people are sometimes playing a lot lonelier furrow than Lionel Messi has been, you know, since his his early teens you know so it's just fantastic so we're all really excited I know you are and all the sports team but me too I just think it's going to be another great year well Mr Purcell thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us on Scoreline hopefully 2023 will echo the success of 2022 no doubt that it will have a happy new year to you sir thanks very much Shane and onwards and upwards for 2023 and Come on, Carlo, and come on, Kenny. Here's the message from our CEO, Mr. John Purcell. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline. Don't go anywhere. KCLR. At the heart of local sports. Right, there's a goal. It's a goal. It's a goal for Evergreen. And Drennan. it looks like it's Mikey Drennan again, the match winner last year with a penalty at the same side of the pitch. It was a long throw that came in. Neil Andrews flicked it on beautifully towards the Thomastown goal. And it was Mikey Drennan who hit it very sweetly into the bottom corner. No chance for Kieran Farron. 1-0 to Evergreen in the Casey Lauren McCallum Cup final. Shane, that was a soft goal from a Thomastown point of view, a set piece. It looked like Drennan was unmarked for it. Um, Thomastown had everybody back for it 
they weren't didn't really have intentions to kind of even break from that if they got it. They wanted they wanted to slow down the play, but this is going to be devastating too. They're going to have to open up a bit more. Not and they certainly did open up a small bit more, but unfortunately for them, they opened up and two minutes later, Evergreen made it two nil. Then about three minutes after that, Evergreen made it three nil, winning the McCammon Cup in the end by four goals to nil that day in Derdimus. It seems so far away though to a final because we have to make a draw to see who's going to qualify through the next rounds. 27 teams will all be competing as Evergreen look to maintain their crown. I'm delighted now to be joined in the studio by chairperson of the Kilkenyan District League, Rob Hickton, and PRO in all sense of the word, Mr. Stevie Cal. Gentlemen, Happy New Year to you. Thanks very much for coming in. Happy New Year, Shane. Yeah, Happy New Year, Shane. Rob, uh, big, big your first McCallum Cup now draw for the new committee as well. So uh, a lot of work would have had to go in to kind of get everything set up. Can you tell us how it's going to go? Yeah, go on, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, myself and Rob are just mere mortals, Shane. We're here on behalf of the committee, obviously, but uh, Miller Coughlin would have put a lot of work into this. And the format is quite simple. We'll talk you through it. There's 27 teams, each team numbered 1 to 27. Uh, the first five names that will be drawn will get a home buy, and then every team after that, home versus away, until the draw is complete. So will I give you a rundown of the teams and numbers? Yes, please. Okay, so number one, Bridge United. Number two, Callan United. Three is Castle Warren Celtic. Have you heard of them? Oh, go on there, Celtic. Why? <laughs> Four is Clover United. Five, Dean Celtic. Six, East End. Seven, Evergreen 46. Eight, Evergreen A. Nine, Evergreen B. Ten, Evergreen C. Eleven is Fort Rangers. Twelve is Freebooters. Thirteen is Freshford Town. Fourteen is Highview Athletic. Fifteen is Lions. Sixteen, New Park. Seventeen, Armand Villa. Eighteen is Paulstown. Nineteen, Rivers Rangers A. And twenty is River Rangers B. Twenty-one is Spa United. Twenty-two is St. Canis's. Twenty-three is St. John's. Twenty-four is Stonyford. Twenty-five is Thomastown United A. Twenty-six, Thomastown United B. And finally, twenty-seven, Tullerone. All right, very good. So the first five, as you stated, are going to get by into the next round. We'll have a bit more of a chat as well about the return of the league after this, but I suppose with all the social media posts and we see the club sharing it as well, there's a lot of people very interested to find out their fate in the McCallum Cup. Uh, it's a tremendous tournament. We know that New Park and Evergreen got to the final two years ago. It was a very close draw in that one. Evergreen coming out 1-0 winners, then Evergreen going on to defend their crown successfully 4-0 winners. Unfortunately, Castle Warren Celtic got knocked out in the semi-final. There was a lot of talk as well about me participating in the draw as well because I'm a Castle Warren's by proxy manager so I won't be making any draws just uh, for any social media people out there as well but just, I do want to say that Stevie is Stonyford and Rob is Callan so no. if they get boys just to put everyone at ease at home Shane is sitting at the far side of a desk his hands will be nowhere near the box and he won't be able to try Castle Warren's early. their fate is in our hands yeah but I've heated up the envelope beforehand you know but uh, no seriously uh, thank you very much for coming in if you want to begin the draw or say is it Rob you're going to pick the first team Stevie pick the second yep. and the first five are the boys that's Right, Jen. Right, so here we go with the, the first team. Uh, each team is a number in a sealed envelope, just so people. Are I can I can it. confirm that it's very much sealed, laminated, and all. And we have uh, first out uh, number seven, which is uh, Evergreen Forty Six. Evergreen Forty Six have a boy in the first round. Okay, second team out is number nineteen, which is River. Uh, River Rangers A. River Rangers A will join Evergreen Forty Six in the next round. Right, you're going to hate me for this. Uh, number two is Callan United. It's oh. Callan United. Ah, oh, fixes in. Callan United drawn. Uh, 
Uh, number 18, Jane, is next, so it's Paulstown. Paul's, Paulstown. And then the last team to get a boy into the next round shall be... It is number 22, which is St. Canis's. St. Canis's. Eddie Clifford will be happy with that one, although he was looking for a friendly off me during the, the, the break <laughs> as well, so maybe not. Okay, so we're, we're, they, we're, the way we're going to do this is the first team is the home team. Is that correct? Right. First team out is home team. Second team is away. I won't mind a castle one away one because we have to pay for the pitch every time <laughs> we play on it. So Now, next out, we have number 23, which is St. John's. St. John's will be going up against... Number 15, Lines. Lines. So Lines of Doro have to make the trip to Garen Green. Right, next out we have number 16, which is New Park. New Park, down um, in the Burner Bog. They'll be playing number 27, Tullerone. Tullerone. Tullerone's after establishing some great facilities out there as well. Right, now we have uh, number 20, which is River Rangers B. River Rangers B, so their A team are through to the next round already. And they're going to be playing number 4, which is Clover United. Clover United. This will all be going up on scoreline.ie as well right after the draw. So if you happen to miss the first round, we will be doing a recap, but it'll be going up online on our sports website. Uh, next up, Shane, we have number 17, which is uh, Ormond Villa. Ormond Villa. Uh, they're going to be playing number 13, Freshford Town. Freshford Town. I don't like the way that Evergreen or Freebooters or Thomas Town haven't been drawn, and neither of Castle Warren. <laughs> 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 we always end up getting Evergreen. <laughs> Uh, now we have number six, which is East End. East End. East End are going to be home to number 12, Freebooters. Home to Freebooters. Here we go, Shane. Castle Warren. Castle Warren Celtic with a home tie in the watershed. Are going to be home to number 10. I don't like that number. Evergreen. C. Evergreen C. So they're in the same league as us as well. Managed to go up against them in the watershed already once this year. Have to play them again. They're coming second in Castle Warren. are coming first in Division 2 with Tullerone hot in the heels with two games to play. Uh, number 8 is uh, Evergreen A. Evergreen A. Are going to play number 11, Fort Rangers. We'll go up against Fort Rangers out in Evergreen Park. Now, next out, we have number 21, which is Spa United. Spa United. Are going to be playing number five, which is Dean Celtic. Dean Celtic of Castlecomer. They're probably out there all getting fit now with the welly race. Exactly. So not all the... <laughs> told you there's a bit of cheating going on there. Those wellies are not full, full length anymore. Now, next out, we have number nine, which is Evergreen B. Evergreen B. On the Kells Road as well. Paul Isle is listening, he liked this. Number 25, Thomastown United A. Thomastown United A. Still a few teams to draw now as well. Now, number 24, Stonyford United. Stonyford United. Will be home to number 14, Highview Athletic. Highview Athletic. Highview doing great things on outside competitions as well. Have a big game against Crumlin. Lined up, I believe. No, that's Bridge, isn't it? It is, it's Bridge. Have you know having a new 4G pitch out there? That's right. Number one, Bridge United. Bridge United, who will be going up against Crumlin in some outside the competitions. last name in the pot, which is number 26, Thomastown United B. Thomastown United B. So that's the end of the draw, is it? 
That's it, Shane. If okay. you can do a recap. Yeah, we can do a recap. The boys, Evergreen 46, River Rangers A, Callan United, Paulstown and St. Canis's will be going automatically through to the next round. In the draw then for the games that will be taking place, we'll have St. John's playing Lions, New Park go up against Tullerone, River Rangers B going up against Clover United, Ormond Villa versus Freshford, East End versus Freebooters, Castle Warren Celtic will take on Evergreen C, Evergreen A will welcome Fort Rangers, Spa United will play Dean Celtic, Evergreen B versus Thomastown United A, Stonyford United versus Highview Athletic, and Bridge United versus Thomastown United B. So that's your draw for the 2022-23 season of the McCalmont Cup. Uh, Rob, is there any kind of uh, notice on when these games might be taking place? Yeah, we're looking to to play the the first round um, the 29th of January, uh, and then the second round is uh, the 26th of February. 26th of February. Um, I know this as well as something that we discussed that the fixtures go are going up well in advance as well. So that, is that something that you're hoping to get kind of? I know you have outside competitions, but a, a concrete kind of uh, format of when all these games will be going ahead. Yeah, I think that's part of the plan. Shane Miller would have said would, would have discussed that at the start of the year as well. He's hoping to to get as many fixtures out there and um, uh, as you said, as far in advance as possible. So just to, just a quick note as well on those fixtures for January 29th. If there is any teams that are involved still in in the FAI or Junior Cups, you know, obviously they'll be rescheduled for some time in between January 29th and February 26th for for the McCallum Cup KCLR. Perfect. Uh, the league is getting ready to come back up as well after the the month long break, and we know Carlo will be getting ready to come back into things as well. But I see that you even have a fixture down today, and then uh, a lot of teams will be back in action next weekend, I believe. That's right, Shane. Yeah, uh, Saturday is when we're due to kick off again. Uh, so look, it's good to see. Hope everyone had a nice break over Christmas, and uh, wish all the the clubs uh, and everyone associated with clubs a happy new year as well. Uh, and and yeah, look, hopefully we'll, we'll have a great 2023. Yeah, that's it. That's the main thing. Uh, with yourself, uh, Stevie, as well. I know as a PRO, you're getting that information out there. You're quite active on the likes of Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. It seems like it's going to be an integral part of the committee going forward. Yeah, that's the, that's the plan, Shane, I suppose, is to try to get as much information out there as possible and I suppose to let uh, boys and girls especially, you know, see the results, see their matches and we're hoping to, to, to maybe get more match reports up as well on the website over the next while and we're, we're just asking, I suppose, all the coaches out there if they wouldn't mind, you know, what, what we would have asked to start the season, take a few pictures, get a few match reports and, and send them into ourselves and we can publish them. Yeah, I can see that's becoming a, a, a big factor, particularly among school school boys and school girls as well. Uh, Rob, as well, the the, the new league, the St. Connors' Credit Union League, but for for the ladies, seems to be going quite well. Yeah, yeah, it started very well, uh, Shane. So um, yeah, look, let's hope with the ladies' game. We know there's a big future for it. Um, let's just hope it progresses. And uh, yeah, I suppose. Look, talking to a few clubs, I think um, you know <clears throat> it's difficult to find coaching. Uh, people at the moment but uh, look if, if we can hang in there and keep it going I mean Thomastown are having an excellent uh, start to the season uh, they're, they're setting the benchmark uh, and everyone else is uh, Mill Celtic is, is doing very well uh, so you know let, let's hope we can we can build on the, the league that we have there currently yeah, it's all systems go. In terms of the final for the McCallum Cup and generally a lot of the finals we played out in Dirgemus, um is that still the plan to go on ahead? Uh, yeah, definitely. This year it will be Durdemus. Um Who knows in the future? We, we, we you know, we, we may look at other arrangements. But um, yeah, look, that's that's the plan currently, Shane.
Well, excellent. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming in. As you stated then, those pictures are slated for the weekend of the 29th of January. Just once again, Evergreen 46, River Rangers A, Cal United, Paulstown, St. Canis's will be automatically going through to the next round, while New Park will play Tullerone, St. John's will go up against Lions, River Rangers B will play Clover United, Ormond Villa will take on Freshford, East End versus Freebooters, Castle Warren Celtic versus Evergreen C, Evergreen A versus Fort Rangers, Spa United versus Dean Celtic, Evergreen B versus Thomastown United A, Stonyford United versus Highview Athletic and Bridge United versus Thomastown United B. Gentlemen, thanks very much for coming in and we look forward to uh, keeping the next draw for the McCallum Cup going as well and hopefully our Castle Warren will still be in it. Uh, Stevie and Rob, thanks very much for coming into us today. Thanks a lot, Shane. Thank you, Shane. That was the chairperson and PRO of the Kilkenny and District League for the KCR McCalman Cup. We'll get that up on scoreline.ie if you happen to miss any of the times that we managed to repeat. We're going to take a quick ad break there. And that has been Scoreline Extra. Thank you so much for listening in in 2022. Please continue to follow the journey in 2023 as we look to cover more games. Yes, more games. 157 isn't enough. Give us a thousand. Give us a thousand. Give us 7,000. Give as many as we can get to. And you can contact us as well at sport at kclr96fm.com if you want to get any of your sporting information out there. I look forward to an action packed year ahead. Stay safe, stay sane, and remember, above all else, you're sound out.